Thank you very much, sir. Man to man? I don't know. The mayor of New Orleans <laughs> basically came out twirling the umbrella like, fuck Drew Brees and his wife. Who would you like, rather have sex with? We would be... I'm an island boy. I'm like this island boy. You damn kids. Walk, walk. Oh, yes. Just a little island boys. <laughs> Oh, welcome, welcome everybody to another edition of Row One Seat One right here on Joey Fats Radio on the one, the only, the New Bedford Guide. Thank you all for tuning in. It is a glorious Tuesday, the final Tuesday of November. Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate you being here to talk some good old sports balls with us for the next hour and a half-ish or so, maybe two, who knows. Uh, but we've got a lot of we got a lot to get into tonight, Paul. Got a bunch of shit. Just a bunch of shit. Yeah. Uh, Sean's not with us again tonight. He'll be back uh, in a couple of weeks uh, dealing with some things. So uh, we will be we miss him and we'll uh, be grateful when he's back. But uh, he'll be out a little bit uh, another week. We won't have a show next week, uh, just so everybody's aware. Be on vacation. You and I will be in the three o five. Yep. The home of my Miami Hurricanes. We'll be playing some golf, shooting some guns, fishing, beaching, drinking overpriced pina coladas because it's Miami, so that's what yeah. you do. Uh, but we will not have a show next week, so when uh, we are not here, do not fret. Do not be surprised. We will be back uh, one week after that. We'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, but we got a lot to get into tonight, Paul. There was a shitload that went on in the NFL this week. We had... Fun times. We got... Uh, we looked over, we we look, we went over, overblown, I guess, with the amount of dipshittery that we saw this week, starting on Thanksgiving with, uh, which if you didn't know, Ed Hockley had a kid who was an official in the NFL, you do now, uh, <laughs> because he, you know, he and his crew decided to throw 28 penalty flags in the Raiders-Cowboys game on Thanksgiving. Oh uh, for a total of 276 yards, which was just fucking atrocious. Like, listen, Hockey League, kid, we get it, okay? You exist, all right? Maybe if you want to be a Hockey League, you know, hit the weight room, pump up the biceps a little bit, you know, then maybe you'll be as cool as your dad. Um, until then, bro, no one wants to see you on the fucking television, bro. You got a dad bod, and you're kind of a skinny little bitch. Um, dad kind of sucks, to be honest. I mean... <laughs> He bailed us out that one time against the Chargers, which I'm forever grateful for, you know, in 2008, week two. But, uh, you know, that empty hand, Jay Cutler, clearly a fumble, but they called it incomplete, and the Chargers picked it up, and we're like, bye. Three plays later, the Broncos had the two-point lead. (laughs) It was was just great. It was just a one-point lead. It was awesome. It was great times. Uh, But uh, so we'll get into that. We'll get into into the Patriots, obviously, just getting set up for a, a monster showdown on Monday night against the Bills in Buffalo. That'll be this fun. is the game 
we all hoped and prayed it would be when the schedule came out this year. This is everything. This is what we wanted. This is what we wanted to see. Josh Allen versus Mac Jones and Bill Belichick. The division is on the line, and the Patriots got the Bills at home the day after Christmas, which you'll be there yeah, for that we'll, one. We'll so see that one firsthand. Uh, that's going to be a great game, so we'll get into that. We will get into... Uh, we'll get into the Chiefs and the Broncos now flexed into Sunday night football coming up this week, which just, you know, chaps my whole asshole um, because it's, you know, I'm just sick and tired of getting embarrassed by the fucking Chiefs. Uh, it's bad enough when we get embarrassed by them at a, you know, during a four o'clock game. And now we got to go and do it at 830 and, at night in front of the Especially entire nation. They're not even that good. Right. I mean, we're not the, like the Chiefs aren't even that good. But we're really not that good. I'm thinking like something along the lines of like, like 45 to 17, 45, 10. The Chiefs win this one. No, I don't. I don't see that. No, you think the Broncos' defense will actually show up and play well? I don't. I have no reason to believe that I they'll. Do. Every single time they faced a decent offense this year, with the exception of Dallas, they've crumbled and just been like, Man. it's gonna be 35, 28 Broncos. Listen, I hope you're right. We'll be in a bar in Miami watching that shit. That'd be fun. Yeah, we'll go to the. Should we go to the Clevelander? Where in Miami should we go to watch this? So, we, so we got two major games: Sunday night and Monday. Sunday night, we've got the Broncos Chiefs. All right, so anybody like right when we get there, anybody who's been to Miami, please feel free to give us a call: seven seven four nine nine two eight seven zero two. Give us some suggestions on where we should go in Miami, in the city, to watch the Broncos and the Chiefs so I can go and, you know, get embarrassed. I'm going to be wearing a Broncos jersey. I'm going to be showing out for my team because it's it's what you do. You got to do it. And then we also need somewhere to go Monday night for Patriots Bills because we're playing Trump International on Monday Monday morning, 1030. We're playing the Red Dragon. Red Tiger. A Red Tiger at Doral. And we are going to be how do you say, lubed up Yeah. by the time we get to wherever we're going on Monday night to watch this game? Yeah, it's going to be fun. So if you've been to Miami and you got any suggestions of good places, hole-in-the-walls, major places, like I obviously think the Clevelander is always a cool one. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of spots right there. You've been there. You'll probably be able to direct us around a little bit. But if anybody's got any suggestions on cool spots to go watch those two monster games uh, Sunday and Monday night, please, by all means, let us know. Yeah. Uh, and also give us your thoughts uh, on everything that is, uh, that's coming up here because we've got, we've got, uh, we've got the Cowboys. Uh, we'll, we'll get up with, like I said, we'll get into the Cowboys and the, uh, the, the Raiders. We'll get into the Patriots and, and the Titans uh, and the rolling and, the, and what's coming up Monday night. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of the Bengals. We'll get into Seattle. We'll get into the Bucks and the Colts, which, Paul, I know you were beside yourself. Uh, on Sunday, watching that one. Yeah, a little pissed off, yeah. Um, so we'll get into all of that. We will get into whatever you want to talk about. I mean, that's the most important thing. Yeah, call in. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, thanks, guys. We're late. We know. We know we were late, okay? Uh, the we, Rams, we'll talk about We'll get in the Packers, too. There's a little bit of issues with the Packers now. Aaron Rodgers talking about getting potentially getting toe surgery, being could be done for the season. Um, he's going to make that decision within the week or so, which is huge, uh, huge, because the Packers right now are the number one seed, if I'm not mistaken, in the NFC. And uh, if A-Rod goes down, that's it. That's that's a wrap. That's over. Season's done for the Packers if A-Rod misses any significant amount of time. So 
Uh, give us a call, 774-992-8702. Uh, and if you want to listen to the audio-only stream, if you don't want to tie up your phone with Facebook, if you're listening on your de- mobile device, just click that link in the description, uh, Mixler.com, M-I-X-L-R.com, backslash Joey-Fats, and you can just get the audio-only stream. No subscription, no download, no apps, no nothing necessary for that. Uh, so feel free to go ahead and Give that a click if you don't want to miss any of the action while we're live. If you do miss anything live, the show will be uploaded to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube promptly uh, ASAP as soon as the show is over, usually within the hour or two. I have that up in uh, Rennie Room. So uh, where do we start, Paul? Where do we start? Let's start off with the uh, the Patriots and the Titans. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't sound so fucking excited. Yeah, so, I mean, hey, what the fuck? I mean. So the Titans come in. Large, for the most part, even without Derrick Henry, the Titans came into Gillette as I what I would assume would be the consensus best team in the AFC when they came in. They were far. Did you just you 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 just boofed, didn't no. you? Yeah, you did. I heard that. I heard that through no, my noise canceling no, fucking you headphones. No, you didn't. I heard this, this guy. He has he shows up with Popeyes, and now he's up here ripping <laughs> Yo, ass. Yo, that was all I could have. It was it. What do you mean that's all you could have? There's a On pill- the way here, there's like nothing else that's good. Cogsall Street, it's like Vic and McDonald's, whatever. Now, fuck that. Taco Bell, not. Nah, there's really. a Wendy's right up the street. No, there isn't. There's only Popeyes. Bro. Yo, that shit was dank. There's fun. a Wendy's on exit five. Yeah, I'm not going all that down there. You literally had to pass it to get here. Yeah, I would have to take exit an five. exit short and then drive down. No, I just, yeah. You just wanted Popeyes. Just say you wanted Popeyes. I kind of did. That's did you get the extra spicy chicken sandwich? Yeah. Good, because he was crying in the kitchen before. This kid's so – so if, if you want to know how much Paul can't handle spice, the spicy chicken sandwich from Popeye's had him welling up with tears. No, and I he mean, was, like, breathing heavy, like, gasping for air, which is hilarious. I was literally shoveling the shit down my throat. Like, I couldn't – I, I ate this so thing good. on the air a couple of weeks ago. It's not the same. Oh, it's definitely the same. It's definitely the same. No, you just mowed a chip that's hot. I was literally not even coming up for breath, just mowing fries and and a chicken sandwich. I wouldn't. I just. I know he he literally, he walked in. <laughs> he comes down. He comes down in the basement with his bag of food, puts it down on my workbench, and just starts scoffing everything down. He said like two. I'm like, hey, what's up? He's like, yeah, yeah, that was it. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Slow down. I was hungry. I don't want to have to give you a Heimlich like Dad did to me that one time where he had to save my life. When was that? When I choked on a piece of steak. You I don't remember that? I kind of remember that. You weren't, I don't think you were there for that. I was, because they were, Mom and Dad were getting ready to leave. It was back when, I don't know, fucking, Jesus, early in college. And they were getting ready to leave, and I was eating a steak, and I was on the computer, and I went to, like, eat it, and the, the tendon didn't, didn't break, and it just lo- it got stuck in my throat. And I'm like, fuck, and I'm, like, trying to get it out, and it wouldn't, and all of a sudden, <gasps> And all of a sudden, it got stuck in my throat, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. I ran up the stairs, and Dad's like, what? And I'm like, and Dad's like, Jesus, fuck. And he starts, like, smacking me in the back, and then he goes and gives me the Heimlich maneuver, and poop came right out. I was like, whew, all right, cool, I'm good. I was like, thank gross. God you guys didn't leave five minutes earlier, because I'd have been fucking dead. Yeah, that shit's gross. Yeah, I was, uh, I almost, <laughs> I was almost killed by the thing that I love the most. It would have been terrible. Um. I don't know why that works, but it does. Joey Fats Radio, row one, seat one. What's going on, brother? Durant. Oh, damn, what up, kid? 
What's going on, boy? What's happening, bro? Uh, not much. Just uh, actually playing uh, a little bit of NBA 2K right now. I just grabbed it on Black Friday. Little NBA 2K? Yeah, man. Oh, that's what's up. I mean, I haven't played a sports game, and I don't remember the last time I, I played a sports game for on on a console. I really don't. Yeah, you've never done the sports games. I remember even going way back to watching games at your I, I parents' did, basement. I did I Madden. You, I remember you saying that. Yeah, I was a big Madden guy for a lot of years, and then I think it was like somewhere around like two thousand, like Madden '09, and I was just like, "This is fucking lame." <laughs> and I just stopped. Yeah, take it, take it from someone who's a big, big Madden head. Like it's the same, it's the same bullshit. I was gonna say, I'm like, is it? I was like, it's got to be like different from like when we did it back, like from no. like oh five, oh six, oh seven, like when we played Madden. Like I'm sure the sports games have got to be like a little different now. No, is it? No, I, I haven't touched one in yeah, I don't know, twenty years. Yeah, it's the same trap. EA Sports has no regards for their uh, good paying customers. <laughs> yeah, that, may, that but, makes uh, sense. But anyways, uh, yeah, I wanted to uh, wanted to talk about a particular topic. Uh, I know I've been talking about it throughout this week. Uh, I don't really like to do the fantasy football a whole lot, but uh, trying to start a new trend, uh, you know, because everyone thinks you're supposed to take running backs in the first round and trying to start a new trend, uh, you know, pretty much going a different route, you know, uh, maybe taking a top receiver or even one of the top quarterbacks. So, uh, I mean, I... If you look at the league today, you know, it's a passing league. Sure. And... You know, I mean, you know, like when you're talking first round picks, you know, a lot of these top guys, they're getting a workload. So those guys are, sorry, I'm a little, uh, my phone's a little messed up here. It's all good. No, but, uh, you fine, you fine. No, I was like cutting out for a minute. So it was, I don't know. I think I was getting a little feedback, but, um, no, what I'm trying to say is, uh, you know, those top running backs drafted, those guys get a lot of workload and, uh, are very prone to injury as opposed to, you know, a top-tier quarterback or, or a top-five receiver. So what you're saying is to go, like, a different route other than, like, going, like, running back heavy in the first rounds, you could find somebody midway yeah. who... Yeah, I've always been thick on, you know, there's always projections every year, and they oh, always project who's going number one, and I try to dig deeper and not take who they want me to take. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> Oh, don't get me wrong. If there's if there's somebody, you know, there's nobody more nervous than I am about yeah, running backs like I don't right want to now. Yeah, I don't want to take because he's number one, and I mean, look what it. Well, he's done out now. Yeah. He's done now. And granted, whoever's I mean, got Jonathan you know, Taylor, you don't want to now. Say, factor in the injury thing. So, but. so well, let me let me let me hit that up from because there's a couple things that you said there, um, that are that are, that are true, but yet also untrue in, in a couple of ways. So. One, I've been going, as the league becomes more pass-happy, it actually puts more of a premium on those top-tier running backs. Now, this year has been a little bit of a weird year where, you know, the top five guys are all hurt. You know, Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and uh, who was the other guy? Um, somebody else is hurt, too, that's on, that's on IR. I know I'm missing one, but whatever. You get the idea. Those guys are all hurt. This is a little bit of an offshoot. The, the problem that I have with the way with, with constructing a fantasy football team now is that because the league is so pass happy, it's easier to go into the second, third, fourth, fifth rounds. Like you could get Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, for example, 
you know, well, you know, well into the fifth or sixth round in most leagues. And those are, you know, number one caliber guys. Like, obviously, your Justin Jeffersons are going to go high. Uh, you know, your Hollywood. You know, your no, not even him, but like your Justin Je- Justin Jefferson's going high. Deontay like, Hopkins, Devontae Hop, Adams. Yeah, you're 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 right, Adams. Your number one guys. Those are going to go in the top five yeah. in the in the in the first That's couple what I'm of saying. rounds. I, I, you know, I feel like, but you know, at the end of the day, though, Durant, and I think the way that you're it, the way to look at it is this, right? Is if you're not getting one of those top five running backs. Sure, load up on wide receivers, but I went wide receiver heavy. For example, and I'll just use—I know no, you know—one of the rules we have on this show is nobody cares about your fantasy team, and that's never been more true. Yeah, but I'll just use my my two teams as an example. My team in my league, I went wide receiver heavy. You know, to start to start with the draft, I had uh, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and DK Metcalf were my three wide receivers. That team, I'm done. I'm out of the playoffs. I'm I'm done. I'm toast. The other league that I was in, the other league that I was in, my first two picks were Joe Mixon and Nick Chubb, and I'm in second place. Yeah. So yeah, I ain't gonna get into my whole team and all that because, like you said, you know, no one gives a fuck about my team. But it's just it's kind of leagues I do do. You know, I had number one and number two pick. I took you know Chris McCaffrey number one. And Derrick Henry number two. Fucked and, and fucked. Those guys are both for me. Well, you gotta That's get, but you gotta, you gotta get lucky. Just... You gotta get lucky too, right? We always talk about this with fantasy football. You've got to get lucky in fantasy football. I got lucky because my third running, the third pick that I I made in my in the league where I took Mixon and Chubb, I took uh, Daryl Henderson Jr., who's been a huge hit. So I've had yeah, Chubb, Mixon, great. and Henderson, and I've got uh, Elijah Mitchell on my bench as a fourth from San Francisco. So. I've got four stud running backs. Now, my best wide receiver in that league, I think right now, is probably like Tim Patrick or DK Metcalf, which lends absolutely. He did shit last night. Which is just brutal, and we'll get into the Seahawks and the inevitable divorce that is coming uh, there. But, yeah, it's tough, dude. Like, common knowledge was always you went running back in the first round or even two. Now, if you're not getting one of those top three or four guys – you know, you can go get a Kelsey. You can go get a Waller. You can go get Tyreek Hill, D-Hop, you know, yeah. one of these top-tier guys. How, how far, now, how far-fetched would it be if, if, say, I get number one pick and I take Pat Mahomes? Now, see, that I have a real issue with because you're only going to get one quarterback per year that's really going to jump off the page, right? You're only going to get one guy, maybe two, that's going to break the 40-touchdown barrier. Everybody else is going to be in that like low to mid thirties range. Yeah, tie twenty. You know, yeah, if, you can, Ryan, if you can go get Ryan, if you can go get Ryan Tannehill, but I get what you're saying. If you can go get Ryan Tannehill in the fourteenth, or take Patrick Pat Mahomes in the first, like obviously you're taking Tannehill in the fourteenth. They're going to put up almost similar. They're going to put up similar numbers. You know, maybe Mahomes is upside. You like better, and you you're banking on that. But th- like, when you look at how many like. Uh, quarterbacks now throw for over 4,000 yards and hit 30 oh. touchdowns. It used to be one, two guys that would go over 4,030. Now you've got 10, 10, 12, you know, close to half the league because the way the rules have changed. Yeah. So, uh, all right, well, uh, let's get off the fantasy. Uh, no one gives a fuck about anyone's fantasy. <laughs> uh, like you were saying about the breakup with Seattle, uh, what do you think is going on there? So I think Seattle... Listen, I think Seattle's going to have to make a choice as an organization uh, this offseason. They're going to have to make a choice. I think there is, an, there is a uh, – the relationship between Russ and Pete Carroll, I think, is fractured beyond repair. 
and Seattle is going to have to choose between one of those two guys. I don't think both will be back in the building next year. Now, if Seattle's smart, they'll choose Russ because the quarterback, I hate to say it, but a great quarterback can make up, like, as good as Pete Carroll is and has been. I mean, he's been a literal model of consistency for the last almost decade in Seattle, and they're not taking anything away from Pete Carroll. But if you've got five or six more years of elite play out of Russell that, you're, that you've seen, you, you take the quarterback. Because what's Pete Carroll going to coach for, really, realistically? Another two, three years, maybe? You know, he's getting yeah, a little bit – he's, get, he's getting old. Like Pat pointed out, he's the oldest coach in football. He's probably on his way out anyway. But there is no way in hell. There is – and I will, I'll go out and say this, and you can call me out on it. I'm going to say there is less than 1% chance Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson – are both wearing green for the Seahawks next year, come opening day. Yeah, if I gave my opinion, I'd say it's time for Pete Carroll to go. I would choose the quarterback, and, uh, you know, you go from there. I mean, I think it's a no-brainer, right? You always choose the quarterback. Because a quarterback can make a great coach. I mean, look, Peyton Manning took four different head coaches to the Super Bowl. And, you know, you could very, 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 very easily make the argument that Gary Kubiak was the best coach that Peyton Manning ever played for. And that's no disrespect to, uh, to Tony Dungy, but... You know, when you look at what what Gary Kubiak did in 2015 and how he managed that team in that situation, Jim Caldwell, fuck you. I mean, Jim Caldwell was <laughs> just was not great. No, as a head coach, uh, and then uh, and who else did uh, who else did uh, Peyton have? Oh, uh, John Fox John in Denver. Fox. Great guy for a rebuild. Not gonna get you the Super Bowl though. I mean, there was that was the biggest knock on John Fox was when they got to the Super Bowl in 2013. It was just a we're happy to be here. We beat New England. We're just happy to be here kind of yeah. attitude. And that's why they got curb stomped by the they fucking Seahawks. Yeah. stomped, yeah. Yeah, so where do you think we're at uh, in week 12? Uh, you know, I, was, I was actually looking at a lot of the teams. There's a lot of, like, you know, five and sixes, six and fives in the league. Well, you've got uh, the and entire I- AFC West is six and five with the exception of uh, the Chiefs, who are seven and four. So... You know, who knew that the AFC West was going to be the best division in football, you know, come the week after Thanksgiving. Um, but here we are. And uh, there there we go. I mean, the Broncos have, I think, the third best defense right now in terms of points allowed uh, in, the, in the league. Yeah, they're only giving up, uh, I think, only New England and Buffalo have given up less points, if I'm not mistaken. No shit. Um, <clears throat> so. That's pretty good. I mean, they're playing good. They're doing what they're going to do. But, uh Durant, I guess, well, let me ask you a question. How did you, obviously, Thanksgiving was a, was a great day for you. Your Raiders pulled out one of the most wild wins in, in recent memory on Thanksgiving in Dallas. But uh, how did you, how do you feel about how that game went? You know, what did you see from that as a Raiders guy? Um, I was just saying to myself, you know, late in that game, I'm like, you know, regardless who wins this game, I'm like, this is a hell of a game. I mean, you had action, you had touchdowns, you had – it was just a great football game. If you're just, you know, if you're just a football fan. I loved, uh, I loved the game could, itself. I just wish I could have gotten more into a rhythm with it. I wish I didn't have to see fucking Ed Hockley's kid every five fucking seconds. Right. You know, I don't know, I don't know, if, you, I don't know if you knew that, Durant, but that was uh, the most penalties – Called in a game since 2016. Okay. Was in that Raiders Cowboys game. Oh, 28 so penalties. Yeah that, yeah, that guy Brown got flagged bad. And there was uh, a couple the, times the, 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 the back of Dallas Anthony Brown. He got flagged bad. Did you did you see it the way I saw it on the final one in over in overtime, the one that set up the game winning field goal for the Raiders? Because 
They flagged him for pass interference because he didn't get his head around, but he didn't make any contact with the receiver. So it kind of is one of those things where I saw that as kind of at worst a ticky-tack call. At best, that's a no call all day in my book. You know, I mean, I know they were they were calling everything. Yeah, I mean, I can agree with that. Absolutely. I think, you know, we we always talk about this. Uh, It comes down to, you know, consistency with the refs and the calls, you know. Yeah. You know, it has to be clear what the call is and just stay consistent with it, you know. And unfortunately, they're not always consistent with it. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I mean, I think the I, and I say I think now you're starting to hear coaches. You know, Sean Payton's been pretty vocal about it. I think Ron Rivera made some comments about it. Um, there's a couple other head coaches that have that have made comments saying, "How is it still? How do we still not have full time officials? You know, like why are we still doing this? You know, pretending like we can have part time guys come in here and just you know, ho hum, no big deal." You know, we're just going to call the game how we see it, whatever. Um, And just, you know, let these guys be full time. Let them have the ability to be professionals and be great at what they do. I mean, Ed Hockley's son's crew, I think his name's Sean. I think I want to say it's Sean Hockley. Uh, They they have the most they call the most penalties of any crew in the league. No shit. And it's just like, okay, why? Well, it shows. You know, uh, I think it was Bill Vinovich, I believe, is going to be the official on monday night in buffalo he's his crew calls the least amount of penalties in the league so maybe we'll see you know buffalo and new england actually be able to play play a game you know play some defense you know that'd be nice um fuck yeah but yeah it was just it was it was a great game entertainment wise you know big plays touchdowns back and forth i actually lost 10 bucks on the game i bet a buddy of mine at the beginning of the fourth quarter the cowboys (laughs) would would come back and win and i thought i had him there for a second and uh you know, Dak just he did me in, bro. He just he, he did me he did me dirty. Got me almost yeah, got me there. I mean, the Raiders the Raiders got two big overtime wins this year. Week one versus Baltimore, and then uh, yeah, you know Thanksgiving. So, yeah, and they're six and five. Yeah, and they're sitting. The difference. I mean, you know, you're four and seven if, if you don't win those games. And you know, not not to say that they're out of it, but four and seven, yeah, you're kind of out of it at this point. But even with the extra week, four and seven, you're not looking great. I mean, you basically, got to win out at that point. Um, but no, I think this is, uh, you know, what do we got? Six games left now. Yeah. I mean, this is still feels, it, it feels like there's a lot less, like, I feel like there's only like three or four games left in the season, but then you realize that you're like, holy shit, yeah. like, there's still six. Oh, I know. And like I said, there's a lot, if you look across the board, there's a lot of six and fives and five and sixes. And it's, uh, I mean, when you, you know, still, really when you, when you think right about now. it, especially in the NFC, when you like look at the like in the hunt thing, and you're like, wait, the Falcons are still in this? How? <laughs> like, but mathematically, they're still play. They're they're, they're still very much in it. So it's it's just it. fucking they're crazy. Like, yeah, they're like top of the teams in the hunt. Right yeah, now. Like, I would think they're what five and uh, what are they five and seven? Five and six, I believe. Oh, five and six. six. Yeah, without the buy. Yeah. yeah. So Saint, I believe Saints are five and six also. Listen, man, if my boy T-Money Wiggle can get the Saints to the playoffs, oh, I will be so gassed. So gassed. I'd hate, yeah, I don't know. I would love that. I'm not in on the Saints this year. They're like nobody to me now that, like, Breeze is gone. Like, I really don't care. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know you were saying but... early uh, before the season started, uh, you know, I know you were pretty big on Green Bay, and uh, 
you know, we kind of went wrong there. Green, I'd say Green Bay looks pretty good. You know, Green Bay, well, Green Bay's well, going to... I wasn't too sold, but, I mean, you can't de- argue what you're saying. Their defense is disgusting, um, and they're playing very well. My biggest concern now is the health of Aaron Rodgers, because if Aaron Rodgers isn't healthy, and, you know, that ship sails. I'm sorry. Uh, Adam, I, no disrespect to Jordan Love, but, bro, you ain't it. Not this year. Maybe in the yeah. future. But and not- it fucks you guys next year. <laughs> not really. Not really. But I guess it depends on where Aaron Durant, goes. thanks for the call, bud. We appreciate it. No doubt, man. Later, guys. All right, buddy. All right, Durant. Talk to you, man. Peace. 774-992-8702. That's the number if you want to give us a ring and uh, get in your thoughts on what was transpiring uh, over the weekend in the NFL. Um, one thing I, w- I did want to touch on that uh, Durant was saying about, you know, these teams kind of being in a log jam and everything like this. Like, you know, you look at the, the NFC West and the AFC West. Those are kind of the two best divisions in football right now when you think about it. Because when, when was the last time you, you remember a division this late in the season after Thanksgiving? All four teams were only separated. You had a three-way tie for second and one team at a one-game lead. I don't remember this. I don't ever remember it being that tight for any division this late into the season. Yeah, I mean, I don't – not that I can just think off the top of my head anyway. No. No, I can't think of anything off the top of your head, no? Nope. Not just <laughs> recalling that shit. Like, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. No, no, there's nothing, no. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, to, to and then to the, to the Raiders and the Cowboys game real quick, too. Like, the NFL's got a major, major, major issue that they need to address during the offseason, and that's the penalties. This sport is being, like, the game is being killed right now by penalties. And I know the ratings were the best they've ever been. You know, they are the best they've been since, I want to say, like, 2000 or 1998 or 2008 or whatever it was uh, on Thanksgiving. It was, like, it was the best Thanksgiving Day ratings they, they've had in, like, 20-something years. I know, it's such garbage games, too. And then you watch, and then you watch the games, and you're like, yeah, the ratings were great, but, like, is that really what you wanted to trot out and showcase as a product while all these people were watching? Like, they weren't watching because they were infatuated with the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. <laughs> no, no, no. And they certainly didn't fucking give a shit about, you know, Sean Hockley and his officiating crew. But that's all. That was what we, we saw them just as much as we saw everybody else. And, you know, props to the Raiders, too. I wanted to mention that. Props to the Raiders, man. Darren Waller went down in that game, and they still won in a shootout. I was going to say Waller's. Luckily, he's not going to miss any significant time. But the NFL's got a major problem with officiating. And there's three things, and I've been saying this uh, all season long. Three things that the NFL's got to fix going into next year. Roughing the passer is absolutely a number one. They need to stop calling everything. Like I watched the uh, Taylor Heineke get sacked last night, and they they flagged the guy. It was a routine sack, or or it was a routine hit. He, he got the ball away, right. and the guy hit him. And they're like, mm, nope, that's a flag. You put your body weight on him. Yeah, yeah, I know. No shit I put my body weight on him. I'm trying to grab him and drag him to the ground. Right, I remember that exact call. What the fuck is that, first of all? Because the problem with that call, I get it. Like, in 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 theory, it sounds like a great idea, right? You're like, well, yeah, you don't want the, you know, driving the guy's shoulder into the ground, which then only became a thing when Aaron Rodgers got hurt a couple of years ago. Right. Remember against the Vikings? Yeah. And I think it was, uh, what was the linebacker's name? I can't remember his name. Fucking great player. But drove his shoulder into the ground. Aaron Rodgers was hurt. And everybody was like, this needs to change. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and you're like, no, that's football. Like, stop being a frail little bitch. Yeah. Like. You, yes, you get hurt playing football. 
You know, I always go back to uh, quote the great Randy Marsh. Oh, no, we wouldn't want our kids to get hurt playing football. What? Oh, the humanity. Anthony Barr, thank you, Durant. And uh, that was the linebacker that drove A-Rod in the line. And then all of a sudden you got this rule where now you can't put your body weight down on a quarterback. Like, listen, man, I'm flying around the edge trying to beat a 310-pound tackle, and I'm trying to get to this quarterback. Right. To sack him? Yeah. And now you want me to, like, pull up and be like, Ugh. Well, if you saw his body weight, it's not like he just, like, landed shoulder down. He had both hands on the, there on was the turf. he could have done. To, like, prevent any further, you know, weight. Damage, right. Right. Joey whatever. Fats Radio, roll one, seat one. What up, boys? Yo. Oh, shit. Fresh, out, fresh out the clink. Fresh out acting like a big piece of shit. You know me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you need to chill out with those Let's Go Brandon memes, bro, you know? I don't know, man. I don't. Even, I'm still dumbfounded. I have no idea what the hell happened. Yeah, you were gone for a minute, bro. Thirty. Yeah. Th- what's that like? Your second or third thirty day ban now? Damn. What, dude? That's like my sixth or seventh. Oh well, I meant third, second or third, like this football season, I guess. Oh, oh, yeah. That's that's probably <laughs> accurate. Yeah. No, you gotta get some prison tats, bro. That's what you need. You like? I, I don't think I got any more room. Somebody, you know what? I'm. A, Maybe once we once we get off of Facebook and fa- and this becomes like our like uh, uh, a uh, secondary platform for us to broadcast on, I'm definitely going to go to Facebook jail and then I'm going to get Facebook prison tats. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll get like a little tear under my eye, you know. Oh, I'll get the written house. Oh yeah, dude. I'll get the, the written. Ri- yeah. House. I'll be like, I'm just you know, just walk up and be like, bitch, you about to get written housed. <laughs> Like, hey, so, do you, yeah, like, do, do you guys, want... do you, Nick, do you ever, like, Paul, this is for you, like, do you guys ever just wake up in the morning and just say, you know what, I'm going to go to the, time I'm going to, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to hit biceps today just to flex on Gabe Grosskraus. <laughs> I call him lefty now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what's going on, bud? Oh, well, I, I wanted to call in because I'm like completely disgusted with what I'm watching when Russell Wilson plays football right now. Ooh. And I don't... Yeah, you, I don't, you I, and, I don't understand you and Seahawks fans there. alike. I'm, well, I'm not a Seahawks fan, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fantasy player. Right, but I'm just saying, so, you know, Seahawks fans are relatively disgusted as well right now. Oh, yeah, I would imagine. So, so I'm watching the game yesterday, and I'm like... And it's almost like him and DK Metcalf have some kind of beef. I, I don't know. If you, if you go back to one of the plays, when it was like a third down and like three... And DK just completely manhandled his man right off the line of scrimmage. He just he he tossed him, and he just he just he took like two steps and just like he turned around waiting for a pass at the first down marker. And Russ didn't even look his way, and he just he like slings it to some fourth some fourth round fourth depth shot wide receiver. And I'm like I'm sitting there, and I, I see in the sidelines, and I'm like it looks like DK is like really pointing at Geno Smith, like put this dude in. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> since when we, since when have you ever seen somebody like going to bat for Geno Smith? And I'm like, I even think that's what that was. Not because... even not not even just going to bat for Geno Smith, but who ever have you seen like talk like like punk Russ whistling like that? Yeah, yeah, but like, when has anybody ever like not had faith in Russ Wilson either? Like something's going on. I don't know if you know the last it... three games. And the thing is, I think he's the biggest nerd too because. He'll sit there and he'll tell the, the media, all oh, I rehab for 19 hours a day. And it's like, we need to know all that. But at the same time, if you're rehabbing that much, you know, remember all those those little uh, those queer little things he was doing in warm-ups when he was going through like a whole 
a whole round of like he was pretending he was like you know running out of the pocket and doing these fake passes and like pregame warm-ups and stuff mm-hmm. like that to let, to let the whole <laughs> world know that Russ Wilson's ready to go. Then you come out and look like this, and it's like, dude, you should have just stayed injured, bro. I mean, you know what I mean? There, you're you're right. There is definitely something going on there, and I definitely think that there is dysfunction uh, behind the scenes in that locker room, which is why I said earlier that I think there is almost no chance that Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are suited up for the Seahawks next year. I th- I think I'd rather see I think I'd rather see Russ in the move. If I'm being honest with you. Listen, I would love to see Russ in orange and blue. I, I'm not gonna lie. If if we can't get Aaron Rodgers, I'll take Russell Wilson in a goddamn heartbeat. I yeah. I mean, if he's gonna be the old Russ, but it even and even towards the end of the game too, and then all of a sudden, right after that play with with Metcalf, and it looked like he was like over there talking to Juno, like he was pointing at him, like put this dude in. Like the next the, the next round of the next series, he was like force feeding Metcalf, and the play, the play wasn't there. And there was one instance where like Lockett was like there was nobody within like 10 yards of him in the middle of the field and he threw the double coverage at DK and I'm like I'm like Russ doesn't make these decisions dude. you gotta almost wonder like, if he, you, you almost have to wonder if he's doing it out of spite like I don't, that's I don't, what I, that's what you I'm know if, if DK's bitching like I want the ball I want the ball and he's going fine you want me to throw you the ball every time all right we're gonna go out this drive next drive we're gonna throw you the ball every time and they throw him the ball he's double covered he throws still throws him the ball like yeah, okay well did you notice on the last play the last play ended up in a pick if I'm not mistaken right yeah, well, the, last the, play the, ended up the, in an uh, interception, right? Rod, yeah, yeah, Rod, point, yeah. yeah he, did did he not see DK wide open on like in the back of the end zone, running towards the right side? No, he I don't think him, he got flushed out to his but left. He had, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I don't. It looked like he had a wide. I'm like, damn, DK's getting no love all game, none whatsoever. Dude, the, the, dude, the tight, the, the two tight ends between Bisley and Everett had like three times the amount of targets that DK. Did. Yeah, yeah, he checked that. Yeah, I was like, but, damn, but DK didn't even get targeted until like. The last drive of the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. I know oh, he had believe nothing to do. He was just out there running wind sprints. Man, I, I've got – I had I drafted Russ and DK in, in both of my major – my big leagues this year to be my one-two, like that one-two punch. You know, like you have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae. Like, you know, you just have Peyton and Marvin or Reggie and, you know, Brady yeah. and Moss. Like, you know, that was my one-two punch. And it is absolutely – I mean, to say it's fallen on its fucking face would be a drastic understatement. I went with Russ and Lockett, and I'm like, and this week I'm like, you know what? I'm benching Russ, and I'm just going to play Jalen Hurts, even though he can't even throw the football. He's just there for his legs. He's he's more of a running back than Lamar is. I know, and Jalen Hurts. And they had the, 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 the Eagles had a point. golden opportunity too, and they fucking blew it. The Cowboys fucking lose. Cowboys lose on Thanksgiving, and the Eagles are like, oh shit! All we got to do is beat the Giants, and we could be like in this thing, and then they, they lose the Giants. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm, t- I'm telling you, I think at this point, Lamar Jackson has more arm talent than Jalen Hurts has. And he's a better runner, too. Oh, yeah, because- definitely. Jalen Hurts is one of those guys. That, I will say this about Jalen Hurts, because I said earlier in the year, watching Jalen Hurts, I watched, like, a, there was a few games, I think I watched the Eagles, like, three or four times in the first five weeks of the season where I really actually watched an Eagles game for whatever reason. and uh, But they were, they were there, and I was just watching them. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, this guy has got to be one of the worst running quarterbacks I've ever seen. Like, he looked He's like opportunistic. Yeah, but he looked like he was still in college. Like, he still expected these guys to be college players. Like, he was running like almost like pussyfooting it around, and like, you know, all of a sudden the guy, you know, a, a, a linebacker would close on him and knock him down for a two yard loss, and he'd get up like, "What the fuck? Like, how did you get here that quick?" <laughs> and I'm like, "This guy is fucking trash." Since then, though, the last, like, three or four weeks when I've watched him and started, you know, and then it culminated in Denver, he has gotten a lot better 
a lot better at being, like you said, opportunistic when he uses his legs because and he's almost he's a little bit like cam in regards like the once it comes down to the red zone like he's basically it's like fuck the running backs i'm running this in on my own you know what i mean yeah and it works and up until like last week i mean i don't know what it is now but up until like last week he was the number one fantasy quarterback not to bring up fantasy all the time but like he was the number one fantasy quarterback going into this week scoring scoring points is scoring points you know what i mean like yeah if you're the number one fantasy quarterback, that usually means your offense is scoring points, which you know usually bodes well for the team, and it has because the Eagles were on a bit of a run there. They were on a winning streak, and yeah. you know they went into Denver. They throttled the Broncos. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater probably you know could have you know thrown himself at the feet of you know he could have just, just laid but, there and yeah. would have tripped him up. He could have just like could have could have just like spit on his shoes and that would have tripped him and up. I, and I know. love I love how the, a bunch of the the, the analysts the analysts are like you know. Teddy Bridgewater did the right thing by making a business decision. It's like, what do you mean? He's not even like a franchise quarterback. Yeah, he's he a made, guy. Yeah, he made a business decision as in he's not going to be the Denver Broncos quarterback next year. That was his exactly. business decision. Right. You know what yeah. he, he was like, I want him to guarantee that I hit free agency and get paid less next year. So you know what I'm going <laughs> to do? Not dive at this guy's feet. <laughs> Fucking. That's all he had to do, too. Like, one of the, just like, nah. One of the, that was one of the saddest. Like, there's been a lot of sad moments in the last five years as a Broncos fan for as far as like quarterback play goes that was like between that and like Paxton Lynch bawling his eyes out on the bench those are probably the two saddest and for different totally different reasons and I I hate to make you sad with this one but according to the Colin Cowherds of the world Teddy Bridgewater understood the assignment bro Ugh. I had to say it. Did you say, say it? One. Can you say it louder for the people I in the back? The he understood the assignment. Oh my god, that is that that is so that became so like such a cringe-worthy thing to post. Yeah. Like it, like almost overnight. Like I remember it was like a TikTok <laughs> thing like 2 months ago and I was like, "Ah, that's kind of funny." Like, "Oh, that's funny." Like, "Oh, he understood the assignment." Now it's like I see like 43-year-old mothers of four and they're like he understood the assignment, and it's like their kid, like like putting their clothes away, and I'm like, no, no, just no, <laughs> fuck off, get out of here. I mean, so so silver lining here. That's probably how liberals feel about Let's Go Brandon. So that's great. True, true. They they feel that way about Let's Go Brandon, but that's only because they know that their demise is imminent. Like they know they've got less than a year to really like you know soak this all in and and do what they got to do. But that's a whole other. Whole nother discussion for a whole nother day, but yeah, you know exactly. Yeah. But yes, let's go, Brandon. Nick. Like, let's, you know, I mean, fuck it. Like we've we've got the Omicron Space Master variant now. We may oh, as well shit, we're all going shut down. the fucking world down again because you know what, you know, because that worked the first time, right? Gonna flatten the curve. Yeah, you know, flatten the curve. Fifteen days to flatten the curve, guys. Come on, it's all we need. It's all we need. <laughs> Just fifteen days, guys. Come on, if we all work together, pull in the same direction on this. We can do it. Seriously, this time. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's, it's not, we should, what we should do is is do something racist and shut down all the flights from Africa. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That wouldn't no because you know, but if you shut down all the flights from Africa, then all you're doing is saying that you don't want black and brown people to be here, right? Uh, isn't that how that yeah. narr- isn't that how that goes? Oh that's no, wait, that's just that's right. only if you that's only if you uh you re- you you uh you reenact an Obama administration uh, uh you know travel ban and then and then it's uh, racist, but. Oh, but okay. if you just—it's it's hard to keep track. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but if you uh, if you outright ban people from Africa from coming to your fucking city from you to your country, that's that's not racist. No, that's no, fine. no, no, that's fine. No. It's totally fine. Fine, it's just fine. So, so to change the subject here a little bit, how about Mac Jones? How about my boy? Listen, brother, I've been saying it since week Tam- one. Tampa, since Tampa, since week one, or the or at least <laughs> at the very least the Tampa game. At least the Tampa game for me, anyway. This kid's the truth. He was always the truth. It was just going to take a little bit for the pink hats and the, and the, you know, the people who are currently, you know, they're still deciding, like, shit, do I take off my Buccaneers jersey yet? Like, is this kid for real? You know, I don't want to take off this Bucks jersey and put on a Patriots jersey and have this kid make me look like an asshole. You know, uh, I've, been be saying it, I've been saying it since week one, Nick. Mac Jones too, Bob, is the honest. truth. I'll be honest, though, I wasn't – well, because I'm not really – I'm not really huge on college football. I know Sean watches a lot of that, so he kind of, like – he comes into the draft, like, knowing, like, all right, the Pats need this guy. This guy's good. Like, I don't I don't watch enough college football, no. So when we first drafted Mac, I'm like, eh, I kind of want to Trey Lance, to be honest with you. And then I'm like, eh, because on draft night, I was like, Mac ain't the one. And then I and then I started watching preseason, I'm like, maybe he's pretty good. Then I saw the first game against the Dolphins, and I'm like, he's a – I got to but just by the throws that he was making, I'm like, and people will like get all mad at me. I'm like, I'm like, Tua does not have that throw in the bag. And guys are like, what are you talking about? This and that. I'm like, watch just his touch passes. You know, not everything has to be a bullet going 80 miles an hour. That's why Colin right. Kaepernick was not successful. Exactly. He has a big arm, but he can't. He has no touch to it. He has no accuracy. If, like, watch his throws. Watch it, the throws that, that, that the degree of difficulty of the throws that he's making are. Hard to make. You know uh, I mean? Absolutely. So, like, he, he can make every throw on an NFL field. And if having a big arm was the most important trait in a quarterback, then guys like Jay Cutler, Kyle Bowler, Jeff George, you know, they would have all been Hall of exactly. Famers. But they're not. And the reason for that being, and I, and I said it before the season, when they drafted Mac Jones, I literally was like, fuck off. Like, I was, I was hoping for at least, like, a couple of years of the Patriots being, like, mediocre, kind of sucking a little bit and being like, aha, like now you know what it's like to lose your Hall of Fame quarterback and have to replace the guy. And no, they don't. They just, this spoiled ass fucking fan base, they just, they just, <laughs> the one year of Cam Newton. And the funny, the fucking funny part about oh, this is man. there are still people out there that are like, oh, if we had Cam Newton, we would have been, you know, this, this, this team would be great. Like, Dude, Who, I what, know. Uh, what was his passer rating over the weekend? Like a six? Uh he completed. Well, he, he com- I'm back. Yeah, yeah he completed. Bench, he completed bitch. three passes on on Sunday. Uh, two were to the other team, but he completed three passes. We had that yeah. going See, for him. The, the funniest thing too is when back. is when he he so he had the whole I'm back thing, whatever. Cool. So then they named him the starting quarterback. Then they had a whole I'm I'm coming home song coming out of the tunnel. And he gets all pumped up in the in the steam, and he runs out saying, "This is my shit." Just to get throttled in the field. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, it was about as predictable as like Joe Biden fucking up reading the teleprompter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like the well, only thing, the only thing, the only thing Cam like, Newton didn't do was be like, end quote, when he, you know, when he was, you know, in his, in his interview after the game. Like, I don't know. This, it, it, listen, I like Cam Newton. I, I really I do. do. I, I think he's a good teammate. I think he's a he's great guy, it. but he's just, he's gotta, you've gotta understand with a guy like Cam at this point in his career. He there's a role for him to fill, and that role is not as the starting quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, if and put it this way, that dude, I still think. I mean, if you watch him throw, you know his arms is not what it once was. You know, no, what I mean? God, like, no. Still, like, that thing is like that thing is like broken beyond repair. But I mean, 
even last year in McDaniel's system, he wasn't making like he wasn't asked to make hard throws. You know no. what I mean? So like, I mean, think about that. Think the, about that fourth down and that fourth down and ten. Or I think it was was it Jacoby Myers or was it um uh what was the uh, what was the other kid there the uh, the wide receiver the, it was uh, the, the under one? the uh now the underachieving first round pick oh. there um, oh Nikhil Harry Nikhil Harry thank you uh I, I think <laughs> I, I think it was one of those two or whatever it was but against the Broncos in the COVID year and it was fourth and ten and he's wide open and and Cam just like slings one into the dirt and if he hits him he's walking into the end zone and they win that game and. You're just like, dude, like, what is going on with Cam? And then he gets the COVID, then he goes out, and then he comes back, and he was never the same. His arm has never been the same. He's still not the same. So it was really amusing to me to see all the people, you know, simping out for Cam Newton after those first two games. And they were like, he's back, even though he went 0-2. I'm like, he's back, bitch! Yeah. Well, they, well, they, like, well, they were like, oh, well, you know, all you got to do is get the ball to McCaffrey. Well, look how that worked out. He's already hurt and done for the year. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, good, good luck with all that, um, you know. That won't be happening. But, no, it's just, look, we've seen this story over and over and over and over again. How many times do you have to see the same movie before before you stop being surprised at how it ends? Like, I just don't understand how these people do this. And it's like Groundhog Day, I swear to God, with, with, <laughs> with, with sports fans because they're like, oh, Cam's back. And it's like. Listen, man, I love a good comeback story just as much as anybody, but this isn't, this isn't going to be it. <laughs> yeah, like, no, this, isn't Alex, this isn't Alex Smith. Yeah. Nope, yeah. not even close. And even Alex Smith's comeback story was like, yeah. Like, you know, Peyton Manning had a great comeback story. Adrian Peterson yeah, yeah. had well, great comeback better, stories. I better for Alex Smith, though, than I did for Peyton Manning. I mean, I'm not a Peyton Manning fan. Like well, you, Alex Smith was, almost fucking almost died. died. You know, like yeah. that's <laughs> so, died. yeah, that's that we can we can go ahead and throw that one in there, too. But. I, I get what you're saying, though, but I, I'm right. just saying, like, in terms of on the field performance, like Alex Smith oh, came yeah. back, had that one good game, and everybody was like, oh, "This is great," and it was a great feel-good moment in the NFL. But Peyton came back and had, you know, three outstanding years. Right. H G H. Post. Yeah, whatever it takes, baby. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm not mad. At him. Yeah, I, I should let them all do it. Ask Rodney Harrison. Hell's yeah, on. right. No, Rodney Harrison. Will tell you. Tom Brady <laughs> will probably tell you in a couple of years too. But yeah. you know. That Alex, that Alex Guerrero guy is a uh, shifty character, from what I understand. <laughs> you know, this guy knows his stuff. Yeah, yeah, he really <laughs> knows, man. Like, I don't know what he's got, but like, he just keeps telling me, like, yeah, like, yo, just keep doing this, and it'll yeah, work. They forgot, they, they forgot to give that memo to Cam, though. <laughs> they did. They did. Yeah, maybe Cam's, maybe Cam's above all that. Maybe Cam is like, you know what? No, I want to be a role model for that little kid that just took my job, aka Mac Jones. <laughs> I'm just loosening up my arm. Just loosening up. So yeah, but uh, but Nick, yeah, thanks, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate yeah. it. No problem, man. Missed you guys, so I figured I, you know. Yeah, brah. Well, we missed that. We missed we. I missed your antics on Facebook. I'm glad you're back. And uh, um, yes, you know, we'll, right. I'll, I'll be there to pal around with you, and probably end up in <laughs> Facebook jail with you before long. There we go. All right, man. All right, brother. Thanks for the call. All right. Have a good one, later, later, boys. Bro. All right, man. Seven seven four nine nine two eight seven zero two. So let's keep it right there uh, on the Patriots for a minute because. There's a pretty interesting stat that I, I heard the other day, and I had to go and confirm it. Ooh, fun. Um, and I did. I confirmed it. Uh, it is, And it was the the Patriots' record under Belichick in November. Okay. All right. So for from 2001 till this year, Bill Belichick is 60 and 21 in the month of November. All right. He's never been worse than 2-2. Two and two. He's never had a losing record in the month of November. And he's now been undefeated six times in the month of November. Six times. Uh, that was in 03, 04, 07, 2012, 
2017. So, and, and of course, this year. So, of the previous five, four times they made the Super Bowl. Mm. Fuck. Which does not bode well <laughs> for us haters. Now, that oh, is fuck. that is an extremely interesting statistic because what did Bill Belichick say in 2001? Uh, to that, to, you know, if you remember, and you, you might not, but after not. in 2003. Belichick, you know, the, the, the 0-3 team was feeling real good about themselves. Yeah. You know, after they beat the Colts or whatever it was in Indianapolis. Dicks. And they were like, yeah, we're rolling, man. We're good and blah, blah, blah. And he challenged that team and he said, uh, do you know how many games the, the, the 2001 team lost after Thanksgiving? No. And nobody knew the answer and he was just like, zero. And they were like, fuck. Like, all right. And it just like put them right in their place. Because they were getting a little bit too. He didn't like tell them like you ain't shit, but he just told them like, just saying, just saying. And I'll go back and I'll look at what his record is in December uh, after the show, and I'll I'll have that for you. I'll post that up later on. But uh, as far as November goes, I mean his worst record in November is two and two. I'm sorry, two and three uh, in '08 with Matt Castle was they were two and three. Yeah, that was one of those uh, rare rare years where there was five weeks in November. Oh. Uh, other than that, though, I mean, two and one, three and one, three and one, two and one, three and one, three and one, three and one, two and two, two and three, three and zero, oh, three and two, two and two, four and zero, oh, four and zero, oh, four and one, three and one. Like they 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 very rare. The point is, they very rarely lose in November. And what do we always say about a Bill Belichick coach team? Gets better as the season goes. Like they can start off two and two in September. No one cares. Like who cares? It's right. not. It's it's really just not going to matter. Right. It's really not. And this they're just, proving that now. And they and they just went four and zero in November. For the sixth time, Belichick's gone four and zero in or undefeated in the month of November, and he's doing it with a rookie quarterback, right. and a completely rebuilt team. I mean, you talk about tearing down a roster, rebuilding it, and then still getting the same results. I mean, listen, bro. If I had if I had to guess, this guy is he's got a game genie. You know, he's got something. <laughs> he's he, like Yeah, the game genies, yeah. It's just it's it's honestly it's not fair to the rest of the league at how far ahead Bill Belichick is than everybody else. I mean, there's a reason why this dynasty is run for twenty years and it's looking like it's set up for another ten to fifteen. I know. They could go on such a stretch like the Colts tried to with Andrew Luck. The with Patriots Peyton Manning could and do Andrew it. Luck, but the Patriots could do that with Brady to Mac Jones. And the biggest difference there? It's not the talent at the quarterback position. No, I mean, they Peyton, had their year in between. Peyton Manning and, and Andrew Luck year. collectively were more talented than Tom Brady and, and Matt Jones. Yes. But the, what they're lacking is Bill Belichick. Right. Bill Belichick is the reason. And again, this is why we always have this argument. What can you know, the chicken and the egg, Belichick or Brady? It was Belichick. It's always been Belichick. Belichick is now doing Belichick Patriot things without Brady. It took him one year because he had to figure it out. And of course, COVID didn't help anything. But Never does. Brady got to handpick the roster that he went to. He saw Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Leonard Fournette and that defense, and he said, yeah, I could make that work. Mm. And he got to handpick where he went. Belichick can't handpick a roster and just say, hmm, you know what, just give me, uh, you know, give me, give me Denver's roster. Just give me the, all those players, and, and I'll put that, and I'll make that work. Doesn't work that way. Joey Fats Radio, roll one, see one. Hey, what's up, boys? Ha- what up? What's happening, buddy? Joey, yeah, that was that, that was a good week of football. Um, I have a crazy thing to start off with you. With uh, do you think if you're Mike Vrabel, you're kind of feeling confident after that loss? Like we barely lost, and we 
had all these injuries, do you think they could haunt the Patriots in the playoffs? Listen, I think the Titans could absolutely beat the Patriots in the playoffs if they have a full deck. Well, yeah, I think so too. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's like that much of a stretch. The gap between the Patriots and and the rest of the league in terms of like talent, or even the rest of the AFC, isn't that big. The Patriots right now are they the hottest team in football? Absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They're they're the right now from from my money they're probably like the second or third best team in football. Yeah. You know, behind the Packers and I would say maybe the uh, you got to kind of give the nod to the Bucks, but they're the hottest team in football for sure. You know, the Colts could have taken a, a stake to that claim had they beat the Bucks on Sunday, but yep. they came yep. up just short. That being said, though, yeah, of course the Titans could get the they could get the Patriots in the playoffs. They could definitely beat them. But man, like you, you, if you're the Titans, you better, you better have a full deck. You went, yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to be, they're not going to be a walking wounded mash team. And now that the Patriots own the tiebreaker, I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a Tennessee Titan fan, I am rooting so hard for the Bills on Monday night. Oh yeah. Just simply because Titans beat the Bills and lost the Patriots, they need, need the Patriots to drop this game on Monday. Yeah. If the Patriots somehow effing, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to go two two and zero against the Bills. I'm not, I'm not wearing my pink hat tonight. <laughs> I promise I don't own. But I, if they can even split with the Bills, that's awesome, Joey. Even split. I think I, I think that's what they'll do. I think I said that they were going to split with the Bills uh, a couple of weeks ago when when we had this. Me, you, me, and Sean had this had this talk. Um, I think Sean was more confident in in beating the Bills, um, but I think I think he let his hatred for for Jared Allen drive that that uh that prediction a little bit more than he he lets on um but nonetheless uh i think they'll i think they'll lose monday night in buffalo and then i think they'll come back and on the 26th in in gillette and i think they'll beat the bills that being said we'll see where bolt where the chips fall come that game on the 26th but that could essentially be in my opinion i think that game is lining up like it's going to be for the division oh yeah 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 yeah, that would make sense. With the Colts game will be tough. With the easy ones against, oh, the Miami game might be a little tough. They're sort of coming back on their own. Miami, yeah, Miami. All of a sudden, from like you know, back from the depths. Yeah, out like, of the blue. Yeah, here come. Oh, look, look at this. You know, Tua. I mean, if you look at Tua's uh, Tua's stats too over the first sixteen starts, because he just completed his his sixteenth start. I think he's got like like twenty four touchdowns, eleven interceptions, six rushing touchdowns, like sixty seven percent completion percentage, like like thirty eight hundred yards, like. Pretty decent stats when you compile them over a 16-game season, which I still find it's funny. People are still using 16 games to measure it, even though there's obviously the 17. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Miami is all of a sudden like, huh, we forgot about these guys for a second. They, they could be a little bit tougher, but at the end of the day, though, Pat, it's, it's Miami, and I don't think this Patriots team is in a position like maybe past Patriots teams have been to overlook the Dolphins. Yeah, you know, it's just like a small speed bump. Like I think Belichick has this team understanding that every single game is do or die. Every single game is like this is the season. Every game is just as important. Whether they play the Bucks, the Cowboys, the Giants, the Bills, it doesn't matter. They're they're out there because Belichick is on his A game right now. And when Bill starts getting pissed off like this, it usually doesn't bode well for the rest of the league. Yeah, I think Mac Mac had some. Tough throws, but I think that kid even he's even if he's not near as talented as 
Fields or Lawrence or whoever, he's a perfect Patriot. Coming from Saban, he's an absolute computer program by Bill Belichick quarterback. That and that's exactly why I said there was there was only like two or three locations that jo- uh, Josh Allen that uh, Mac Jones could land in that would be able to fully utilize his talents right out of the gate. And New England was a number one on my list. And as soon as they drafted him, I literally said draft. I was like, God fucking damn it. Yeah, yeah, you did say that earlier. Yeah, because this is going to suck for me for now for the next decade again. But which is good because I need somebody to hate. It, it drives yeah. me, you know, like without without that rivalry and that hatred, then there's really nothing for me to do. You right, know, what else you gonna may do? as well not even watch football at that point. Yeah, I read an article last night um, that was about Bills fans being like, what the fuck? It just happened. We were supposed to be like the Kings now once they had Cam out of nowhere. The Patriots are back. Yeah, I mean, that's but that's exactly that was exactly what we said. Like they were they were a quarterback away last year. You know, had Cam not gotten COVID in the middle of the season, I think things might have been a little bit different. But listen, bro, you're the Bills. And this is, we're talking about Bill Belichick. This isn't some dude. Like, that's the thing. Like, the people that that say that, that are like, oh, what the fuck? We were supposed to be the Kings now. Like, you clearly haven't been paying attention for the last 20 years. It was Bill. It wasn't Brady. Bill was going to be able to continue winning without Brady, no matter what. That was always the case. And you're just seeing it now. Like, this is a guy that 14 teams passed on and wow. that need quarterbacks. You know, the Broncos needed a quarterback. They passed on Mac Jones. You know, there are plenty of teams that drafted ahead of the Patriots that needed a quarterback and passed on Mac Jones. And now Mac Jones is, is eyeing up. Not only, not only are the Patriots sitting as the number one seed uh, in, in the AFC right now, but they're looking at, like, they're gonna, they could potentially win this division and leave the Bills in the dust. And if you're a Bills fan and you're saying, like, oh, no, like, what the fuck? This is supposed to be our time. Bruh, get it through your thick skulls. It was Bill, not Brady. Brady wow. was replaceable. We've been saying that for 20 years. We saw oh, it with right. Matt Castle. You can get by without Brady as long as you have Bill Belichick. Brady, yeah. was, uh, Brady was the epitome of a luxury item in New England. I'll go I'll land somewhere in the middle on that, but... I understand, Joey. You're a big, it's a great point, Joey. It is. I mean, it just keeps and it just keeps proving it. He just he just literally keeps proving it over and over and over again. And and I get it. And all these people are gonna go, whoa, Brady won the Super Bowl last year. Like I said before, Brady got to hand select the roster that he got to play on last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like when Gruden went there and won the Super Bowl with the perfect team. It, exactly. Like Brady landed into like the perfect offense. Exactly. Brady was just like, they were like Brady, like, oh my god, look at this. I got six foot five. You know, fucking Nick Ponce looking ass fucking wide receiver over here and Mike Evans. <laughs> and I got Chris Godwin over here. And like, oh, you know what? We'll get A.B. and Leonard Fournette. And, oh, what's that? Shaq Barrett, 17 and a half sacks a year. Cool. Yeah, he's a nice like guy. Your... Oh, Vita Vane and Dominic and Sue. Whatever. Fuck it. Like, yeah, let's go play Drunk. some football. And then it's just like, oh, okay. And then Brady goes out, throws three interceptions in a championship game again. And they still win it. Like, it, it just and then of course they get the Chiefs who are like the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl somehow miraculously even though they should have lost to fucking Cleveland but they they miraculously get to the Super Bowl and then Pat Mahomes is you know flinging balls off the turf and fucking hitting guys in the faces and they're like wait was I supposed to catch that or can you use your hands or I thought this was soccer I don't know what's going on but like neither here nor there the Patriots are the Patriots are back and they're here to stay now for a long time. Oh, like, I fucking love it. Barring love any it. any significant like injury, knock on wood, and I hope it doesn't happen yet because I, I want to see this thing play out to Mac Jones. 
uh, there's no real reason for me to believe that the Patriots are going fucking anywhere except back to an AFC Championship game every single year. And you know what? We'll just rename the AFC Championship game. We'll just we'll just rename it the Bill Belichick Invitational. You know? It should be the Bill Belichick. Someone have heard that somewhere, somehow, someone. They said Belichick maybe would get the trophy, the, the uh, Super Bowl Belichick trophy, not Lombardi. Well, no, they, the, he will never get the, he'll never get the Lombardi because that's you can't do that. But you, we could we could certainly name the Lamar Hunt Trophy, you know, rename oh, yeah. that. I mean, it only took the Chiefs until what two years ago to actually finally fucking win the the trophy name for their owner and their founder. About time, you know, whatever loses because when they went in uh, Super Bowl four, it wasn't the Lamar Hunt Trophy yet. So wow. since that trophy has been the Lamar Hunt Trophy, the Chiefs have only taken it home one time. Maybe we name it the Robert Kraft Trophy. Oh, oh. would that be too random, Joey? Uh... When you're ready to break away from the Patriots, I have one point to make about another sure. team. Go ahead. What, what's going on with the Rams? They're in a little bit of a funk right now. They're trying to find themselves a little bit. This is this is not uh, atypical of, of a team that, you know, is on a Super Bowl run. I mean, there's these midseason lulls with, with these super talented teams. And again, how many times have I said it over and over and over and over and over again? This is not the NBA. Trade deadline trades rarely, if ever, work out the way you think they're going to work out in the NFL. You know, they went and they got Vaughn Miller, which, don't get me wrong, love it. But Vaughn's still trying to find his place in that defense. Yeah. I mean, they go and they get Odell, who is just a walking cancer, which I still don't understand why they went and got him. I mean, they, they, I mean, great. They got him at a good time because they lost. Uh, was it Robert Woods that went down with the yeah, knee injury? Uh, like literally, like the day after they got Odell, and it's yeah, like, well, that days. sucks. But now, now they need him. But Odell looked okay. It's just it's gonna take a minute for them to kind of come together, and, and get their shit back together, and and get on a roll here. And I and I fully anticipate that they will do that. Gotcha. Who's your? Um, do you still take Packers over Rams? Packers right now are the best team in football, in my opinion. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Packers are the best yeah, team in football. Now that could change depending on what happens with Aaron Rodgers' toesies. You know, He's injured. His his little. Can you say that a Rod could be injured? Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, there's there's a timetable. Uh, let me see if I still have it up here. I don't believe I do. Uh, but I believe he is going to decide by the week, next week, uh, by this, you know, this next game, uh, whether or not he's going to have surgery to, oh. uh, to repair that toe. And if he has to have surgery, I mean, we don't know oh. how long he could be out. Could be season ending. Yeah. Uh, even if it's any significant amount of time, I think the Packers are sitting at, what, 9-3 and three right now? Yeah. And that would just be... They'd still probably make the playoffs, but oh, it's and they would still probably win the division. I mean, because Jesus Christ, I mean the Bears, Vikings, and Lions blow. Terrible. I mean the Vikings are. Is there a more overrated team ever than the Vikings right now? Yeah. Come like, on, they make that made. They fired like Zimmer all season long. Every I always Google NFL coaches on Sundays looking for the NFL hot seat. It's always Mike Zimmer right there. I like And I like Mike Zimmer as a head coach. I think Zimmer's fine. I don't think Zimmer's the problem. I think the problem is Kirk Cousins. Oh, wow. I mean, it, it, what's, what's that guy's record in primetime games? Like 5-24 and 24 or some shit like that? Like, or 4-8. Or, or big, big games? I mean, I don't know. It's just it's crazy. He's just he's terribly bad. But that being said, um, yeah, so right now I get the Packers as the best team in, in, in the NFL. Uh, I would then, you know, reluctantly put you know, the Patriots and the Bucks, <laughs> the Ravens kind of on that next level. Like, you know, the Ravens are definitely not without their flaws. I still feel like they're a dangerous team. The Bengals are sneaky, sneaky good right now. 
Yeah. The Chiefs, obviously, they look like they're getting their shit together. They're probably going to blow the doors off at of Denver and, and you know, re-announce their presence to the world on Sunday night. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to – I think it's still be a real Super Bowl threat, Joey. Don't think they're – I do, too. I, I do. The I, Chiefs are scary. They're, yeah, they're, they're one of those teams, like, you know that they're they're flawed and you know that they can be beat, but you also know that if they get hot and they go on a run, it's basically a wrap. Like, they're, they're almost yep. unbeatable yep. at that point. And not for nothing, but Andy Reid is probably the second best head coach in the league. Yeah, I think so. I put Peyton three, but Andy Reid definitely second. I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, Peyton's definitely out there. I mean, he's keeping the Saints at least competitive, you know, with Trevor Simeon under center. I think Taysom Hill's going to take over. I mean, I would still keep my boy T-Money Wiggle in there, but that's just me. Yeah, you know, I may, I may or may not have a huge, huge boner for Trevor Simeon, but... It, it also just might be because the last time the Broncos had a winning record in a season, Trevor Simeon was the quarterback. So, right. Got I it. thought Simeon was the, the top pick. It was Paxton Lynch that was the top pick. Paxton Lynch was the number. He was the first round pick. He was you know the okay. big six foot six prototype out of Memphis, and he just was more concerned with his uh, professional Fortnite career than he was throwing a football. Oh Jesus, loser. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it showed. It Fucking douche. <laughs> but yeah, that's what happens, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, so uh, but yeah, Pat. So good, good news for you guys. Like, I think you're gonna lose yeah. on on Monday night. So don't don't kill yourself over that game. But after that, you've got some very winnable games, and I really feel yeah. like the Bills will probably slip up a little bit. And I really feel like that that day after Christmas game, that December 26th game, I feel like that. Probably is going to get flexed to an eight o'clock game. Yeah, I was surprised the Titans so? game didn't. I thought the Titans games would, but I'll let you keep going. Sorry, Joe. No, no, I think it'll get flexed to an eight o'clock game, and I really feel like that's going to be like the decider for who the wins the division. I mean, oh, that's me. At the very it's least, it's getting flexed to a four o'clock game. There's no way in hell pumped. it's staying at one. I'd be pumped yeah. if it got flexed. There's no way in hell it's staying at one o'clock. Not a chance. Which will be good for me because I'll be leaving work on Sunday morning and I don't want to deal with all that bullshit in Route 1. Yeah, it'll be good for me because I'll be leaving work on Sunday morning going, fuck, I got to go home and pick up my girlfriend and head to the stadium. <laughs> true, true. Could be that. Why not? Just bang. Oh, you can't bang on Christmas. That's right. Yeah, that's a dick move. Yeah, no. You I won't know. get forced. It won't matter. Yeah. But anyway. But yeah, so don't fret on Monday night when the Bills win. Yeah. Pat, it'll be okay. Okay? And just know that your future is so goddamn bright. Set. You might need. So you might have to pull a page out of Fauci's playbook and wear two pairs of sunglasses. <laughs> I can make a new fake barrier. I actually found college photos of of uh, oh, I said Joey Fats of uh, Mac Jones and Damian Harris partying, and it made me feel even more confident about like how good things are. It was them just has like kids partying together. Like Belichick has is so much good chemistry in that that locker room. It's gonna be good. Listen, man, attitude is everything, and you know Belichick knows how to know, he knows how to read a room. I mean, there's a reason why he's the best to ever do it in any sport. And yeah. he just keeps doing it and just keeps kicking fucking ass, and it's unbelievable. Uh, it's actually really fun to watch. And, you know, I know the Bucks won on Sunday, but if you look at the stat line, your boy Brady, he's slowing down just like yep. he does every single year at this time. So we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm praying to God that my nightmare doesn't come become reality, and I don't have to watch the Bucks and the Patriots in the Super Bowl because that would just <laughs> I would I, I I probably would just go see a movie. I'd probably just be like, you know what? No, I'm not doing this. I'm going to the movies. 
we got to get a, a Packers. We, we need it in the Brady era, but we need it in a Packers Patriots rematch. I mean, I, I wish think... it had with Brady versus A Rod, but I would love to see Pat- Patriots Packers. Patriots Packers would be fun. Uh, I think Titans Rams would be fun. A '99 rematch yeah. would be really cool. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else is in. Who else could be in? I think the Bengals and the Niners would be a fun one. You know, the, the re, you know, potential rematch. You know, obviously it's a long shot for the Niners, but all of a sudden they're fucking looking like they're like, hey, we figured our shit out too. Like, you know, what's you know, and, and I'll leave you with this, Pat, which is kind of a yeah. really, a really cool stat, and I'll and I'll, I'll we'll let you go and thank you for the call. Of course, um, yes. But. If the season ended right now, Jimmy Garoppolo, Mac Jones, and Tom Brady would all be in the playoffs. And what do all three of those guys have in common? Yep. They were all drafted by Bill Belichick. Oh, that's awesome. Shit. You boys enjoy Miami. Give him hell. You guys are there. And I'll be. I'll have a thousand questions for you when you guys get back. Outstanding, Pat. Enjoy your weekend, brother. We'll talk to you in two weeks. I'll be listening. Have a good night. All All right, buddy. buddy, Later. Thank you. 774-992-8702, 774-992-8702, row one c one Joey Fads Radio, live right here on the one, the only, the new Bedford Guide. Uh, good call so far tonight. Like, keep it going. Let's keep that energy up. Yeah. Uh, what else would we uh, – I wanted to touch real quick, Paul, uh, while we're talking about the Bengals uh, and, and the Niners and the Super Bowl rematches. It's not often we get to say this, but I really feel like the Bengals are for real. I mean, they went. What they did to Pittsburgh on Sunday, yeah, is not only out of character for both teams, but it's kind of a statement for the Bengals, right? To go in and to go and play Pittsburgh and put a forty-one to ten beat down on them. I know Big Ben's older. I know the Steelers are struggling, but that's still like the little brother, big brother. Like you know, like the Steelers are the big brother in that division, and you got like the Ravens, Bengals, and Browns all being like. Eh, they win and, and they beat that home cooking too, which is crazy. They, and they listen. Joe Burrow is absolutely fucking killing it right now. Yeah, and I like. And, and I think the Bengals. I think the Bengals are setting up to make a really, really, really strong push into the playoffs, and and be a real thorn in the ass of a lot of teams because you got to you got to figure if they win that division, if they can pull that division together and win it. And I believe that they were. Uh, Either tied or are they tied or, or, or ahead of Baltimore? I'll tell you right now. Uh, they're one game behind the Ravens, mm. so they're they're right now they're a wild card really? team, seven four. Yeah, the Ravens are eight and three. The Ravens that's the thing. The Ravens are a very sneaky eight and three. Like you don't think of the Ravens as being like oh they're that team, but they're yeah they're right there. I mean that's they're crazy. Right now, I mean technically speaking, in the loss column, they're the number one seed. So, because the other, uh, the Titans, the Patriots are both eight and four. Right, right. And the Chiefs are seven and four, about to be seven and five. Um, We hope. But I think the Bengals are going to make a push here. We'll see. Joey Fats Radio, row one, seat one. Good talk. Good talk. Sorry, whoever that was. We did not hang up on you. You hung up on us. Sorry, I didn't realize the phone was ringing until it was probably too late. But. Call back. Uh, yeah, call us back. That's fine. Call I'll, back. I'll, I'll leave the I'll leave that that line uh, that that channel open so I can actually hear the ring. Yeah. Um, but no, I think the Bengals are going to make a fucking push here. I really think Joe and I'm I'm kind of rooting for it. Kind of rooting for Joe Burrow. You know the pride like, of LSU I like, right I like now. Joe Burrow. I do too. And him and uh, and uh, and what's his name there the the rookie wide receiver also from LSU they are fucking crushing it. Like it is getting to be an absolute embarrassment of riches in Cincinnati. Yeah. When you look at Higby 
and bitch and, and bitch fixing Joe Mixon. Like these dudes, this team, this team is going places. Yeah. Uh, their defense is is not tremendously great, but it's good enough. I mean, they've given up two hundred and twenty six points on the year, uh, which is you know less than the Ravens have given up. That's the least points. They got the best defense in the North. Uh, I'm trying to put it. Let's see who's who's comparable. Two twenty six. Uh, really, nobody else is in that range. I mean, Baltimore again, two forty. Um, but that's it. Everybody else, I mean, like you look at the Titans, for example, they've given up 290 points on the year. Hmm, you know, shit, yeah. uh, you look at uh, the Chargers, 293. Uh, the, 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 the Chiefs, 250. I mean, you get the Broncos at 196, the Patriots at 190, and the Bills at 182. Hmm. So you'd kind of take that with what it is and see if anybody in the NFC is even close to that. Uh, the NFC is the, honestly, oh yeah, the Seahawks two hundred and twenty six, mm. Cardinals two hundred two, eh, decent defenses right there. Yeah. I have to look a, look a little deeper into it, you know, see who really is the best. I'll, I'll get into the, uh, I'll nerd out on the plane ride down to Miami. Yeah, just get fucking full blown, get real sweaty, nerd start looking at out, you know third down completion percentages and red zones and you know all the all that fun shit. All that fun shit. You own a spruce? Is that what you were just getting? Oh, I thought you were getting up. Why, do you want me to? Yeah, why not? Yeah, okay. Why don't you go ahead and make us a drink, and then we'll put a nice little happy red bow on this, and we'll get everybody started off for December, because it is, in fact, December. What, tomorrow, right? Tomorrow's December. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll get that. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, 774-992-8702. We appreciate all the calls tonight. Great show so far. Uh, we've touched on the Bengals, the Cowboys, the Raiders, the Seahawks. Uh, obviously, we've gone heavy on the Patriots. Um, my thing with this is, is this: like I said to Pat when he was on the when he was on the line earlier, Patriot fans, don't lose your shit when and if likely the Patriots lose at Buffalo on Monday night. I'm not saying they can't win this game; they certainly can. It's not above them to come out and, and or below them to come out and win this, or it's not a, it's not below the Bills to come out and blow it and just lay an egg for absolutely no fucking reason. Don't sweat that. But in the event that they lose, and I believe that they are going to lose on Monday night, I am picking the Bills to win on Monday night. This is just going to be a small little speed bump on the road back to the Super Bowl for the Patriots because, you know, they don't get there this year. I'm telling you right now, when we get the odds, you know, next whatever, early February, you know, mid-February, whatever it was, the Super Bowl on the 14th this year, 13th. Once we get the odds on February, you know, whatever, the, the Monday after for, for next year, Patriots are going to be a favorite. Mac Jones has absolutely proven that he's going to be able to play in this league. Belichick is still the GOAT. Matthew Judon, or as a lot of Patriot fans know, uh, the guy with the red sleeves. Yeah, that guy. I don't know who he is, where he came from, but, um, you know, the guy with the red sleeves, he's pretty good. Um, that's because most Patriot fans are pink hats and they don't actually know their own team. They don't They don't pay attention like that. They just... You know, casually tune in. They got one eye on the game, and then you know the other eye on. They're like, "Oh, I gotta go mix my chili." Hold on, let me stir this up a little bit. Oh, let me go to Dunks real quick and get an iced coffee. I need my third one of the day. Oh, look at that! It's already the third quarter. Holy jeez. Um, anyway, oh, how's Tom Brady doing? Oh, oh, the Bucks are on. Oh, good. Let me watch that. Um, that's basically how it fucking goes in New England uh, with these New England fans. They're just most of the time fucking clowns. Um, but we knew that. I've known that. You know that. We all know that. Uh, there's about 
10% of New England fans that actually know what the fuck they're talking about. Thank you, sir. It's a little slow. Yeah, well, that's the way it should be. Okay. <sighs> uh, so we've covered that. Um, but my thing, my thing to you, to you Patriot fans again is don't, don't, just don't sweat it. Listen, you're probably going to drop this one on Monday night. It's not as big of a deal as you think. It's really not. You, you, the, the Bills are still a game behind you. You still got, you know, there's still a bye week to come, so on and so forth. The, the Patriots are going to be fine. That December 26th game, though, that's the one. And the best part about that, it times out perfect because you got him at home. And I'll be there. And you'll be there. Maybe I'll, I'll, maybe like, I'll, maybe I'll try and uh, fuck you, Mac Jones. <laughs> I'll try. Maybe I'll try and juice some tickets into that one so I can go up there and we can just, you know, maybe we'll go in the parking lot. We'll just fight everybody together like good Dude, old days. all you got to do is just buy a nosebleed and I'll just buy you an Optimums ticket. I mean, we could just go up there and just, like, you know, just go in the parking lot. I don't even need to go in the game. Just go in the parking lot and just fight people. No, I'll be like fucking, what's his name? Fighting around the world. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Oh, I chug a- Oh, I, oh, I fuck. Oh, I fuck. <laughs> oh, fucking go anywhere, mate. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Sheila. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll just do that. I don't know. We could, we could be fun. We could pull something like that off. That'd be yeah. a good fucking time. Let's go fight people. But, uh, yeah, so let's uh, what, well, let's shift gears here real quick because I do want to touch on the NBA and uh, college Ugh. football. First things first, let's talk about college football because there is a sh- tremendous shakeup right now in the college football coaching ranks. Yeah. Lincoln Riley's gone to USC. Uh, just you know, uh, Notre Dame is now sans a coach. Uh, there is a lot changing in college football right now, and it is fairly wild. It is fairly wild. Uh, was it? Was it? No, wait, I'm sorry. Did Lincoln Riley go to USC or was that LSU? I'm. I'm I might be. Uh... Was Orgeron gone? Yeah. yeah is that what happened? Yeah. I don't really give a fuck. I'm just pissed off that the fucking Oregon Ducks gave up that fucking game against Utah, 23rd ranked Utah, and got booted from number three to number 11. That really fucking kicked my balls. And you know, Mario Cristobal, I love you, dude, but I think you're on your way out, buddy. I'm sorry. Well, that's the kind of same thing with Manny Diaz in Miami. He's probably out too. Um, yes, Lincoln Riley, sorry, is leaving Oklahoma for USC. Brian Kelly's leaving Notre Dame for LSU. I had those, oh, I had those two mixed up. So, which is, the Brian Kelly one is kind of weird to me. Because yeah. in the hierarchy of all things college football, Notre Dame is one of those holy grail jobs. You don't leave that job. That's weird. Yeah. Like, That's why when you said that, I was like, wait, really? He's leaving? And, and not only that, but he lent to go to LSU, where it's like, all right, like, you're going to LSU. You're now in the SEC. You're going to deal with Saban. Like, what are you trying to prove here? It's got to be something about location, geographically. He's like, I don't fucking want to coach here anymore. Fuck this shit. I don't want or, this or do you think? Do you North. think maybe he's just, like, tired of, like, maybe maybe Notre Dame is tired of him. Maybe they, they just grew apart, and they're just like, you know what? Let's just reset. Because Lincoln Riley going from Oklahoma to USC makes all the sense in the world because USC is also one of the holy grail jobs. There's like five or six jobs in college football that are considered holy grail, right? Uh, I'm talking about when you look at, you know, in past, you know, for tradition, national championships, overall success, USC, Notre Dame, Alabama, uh, let's see, who else? Um, Ohio State, Michigan. Ole Miss? No. Nah. No, God, no. I wouldn't mind. I like Ole Miss. But they're not a holy grail job. Like I think like any big D one team is kind of a holy grail job. No, but job those are like those, those like, are but those are the five those oh, are like, like those are the five teams be. like when you get there, you're not leaving. Until they cart you out in a body bag, you're not leaving. 
Like, that is a Holy Grail yeah, job. Yeah. So, and, and Bam has only recently become a Holy Grail job because, because of, of Nick Saban. Saban, right. But you've got Bama, Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, USC. I guess maybe you could throw Texas in there. You know, because if you Auburn, think about it, no. no, not Auburn. But if you think about, like, with Texas, Texas won a national championship in 2005. How many teams, how many different teams have won a national championship since then? Think about it. Four. Like, maybe a half a dozen? LSU, Five. Bama, Florida, Auburn. Ohio. Ohio State. Uh, I know we're missing probably one or two, but, like. Uh, well, can't. Uh, Clemson. Auburn, yeah, Clemson. So literally like five or six, maybe. Yeah, not even. Yeah, like a half a dozen. So in a 16-year period, only maybe six teams have won a national championship since Texas. So I think you could put Texas in that elite rung of holy grail jobs. Now, obviously, these holy grail, when I say holy grail jobs, I'm not saying, and, and I got this, I had this uh, You're debate. not talking about biggest paycheck. Uh, I'm not talking about, uh, no, no, I'm not even talking about biggest paycheck. What I'm talking about is when I say a holy grail job in college, it's one of those end game jobs. Like LSU is the place that you go when you hope to someday coach Bama. Or, you know, like Urban Meyer going from Utah to Florida. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, you, you know, there's right. there's those springboard schools, like your your SMUs, your 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 Oregons, your I don't know, your Ole Misses, Auburn, uh, right. you know, Vatech, I guess, could, wouldn't be a good one because they had Beamer forever, but you know, USC East, you know, you, right. South Carolina. You know, the Gamecocks. Like, those are those teams that you go to that you're like, okay, I'm going to get the coaching job here, knock it out the box, and then I'm going to get the shot that next rung of really, truly elite schools. I mean, Lincoln Riley, when he signed on with USC, he signed up, it was a $110 million deal. So he got $110 million, and he gets a private jet 24 hours a day, seven days a week as one of his perks. Think about that. This is a fucking public college in California that just gave a guy $110 million to coach their football team. They're like, and here's a private jet for you and your family whenever you want it. I feel like going to... Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love playing football, but I really feel like I fucked up and I should have coached football. Yeah, no shit, right? Because that would have been... I want to go to the Catalina wine mixer this morning, you know? Right? Like... It's not this... I I like, ah, Lincoln Riley, like, all right, season's over. Like, what do you want to do today? Like, I don't know, Sunday morning? Want to go catch the Super Bowl? Let's hop on my private jet. We'll go. Let's go skiing in Banff. I guess I I know some people. Like, whatever, fuck it. Um, But these these college football jobs are crazy. And and then you've got, like, that second rung of schools, which is where where you'll find, in my opinion, like, LSU, Miami, uh, you know... Fucking uh, Michigan State, uh, UCLA, Stanford, OU, Oregon, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas yeah. Tech. Those like are your like second rung A and M. Your A&M, second, your yeah. second rung like good school, great program, but you're not quite elite. Like Michigan has been trash forever. They finally fucking beat Jim Harbaugh. Finally beats Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, finally. Finally. And what's that going on since the nineties? What that they haven't? No, the last time they beat Ohio State, I believe, was 2016, but it was very fluky. Oh, Jesus! Oh, wait. And, but before that, it had been like 12 years, 13 years. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, early 2000. Oh, Michigan no, right, has gotten dominated yeah. in that rivalry. Like yeah. it's it's so bad to the point now where like even Michigan fans are like, yeah, this isn't a rivalry. This is just an 
We just we just both play in the same conference. Yeah, I, guess. I thought it had been a long time since they had beat them. I mean, Michigan the can't even time. fucking barely beat Michigan State most years. Like get the Man, fuck, fuck out of here, Michigan. Anyway, who cares? Exactly, they're fucking trash, dude. Yeah, like, such a shit program. Bit, yeah, but well, they're not a shit program. They're an elite program. They're a holy grail program. I don't want to say that they're a shit program. They're a holy grail program to coach for. Yeah, whoever can take Jim Harbaugh's or. Uh, but for example, like where would Jim Harbaugh go from Michigan? Think about that for one second, right? If you're Jim Harbaugh. Where do you go? Do you, you're not coaching in another college. No, somebody's leading up to no, 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 his I, I, job. I know, but I'm using That's, I'm using it as an right. example. Like somebody's using somebody right now at you know Southern Illinois State as an assistant is angling like, all right, if I get here and then I can get to Ohio State and then I can get to Michigan State and I could get to Michigan. Like that's my dream job is to get to Michigan. But like if you're Jim Harbaugh, where are you going from Michigan? The NFL to a bigger paycheck. That's exactly, all, you're either all going. You can do. You're either going to the NFL or retirement. Right. You're not going to. You're not going to coach. You know Tennessee. No. You know you're not going to the Volunteers, and there's no disrespect to Tennessee, but it's a step down in terms of those programs. You're not leaving Michigan to go coach fucking Tennessee. No, you're not the even, only thing that's you're not even leaving there you... to go to Florida or Miami or any of no, those. No, no, you're gonna stay right there. The only thing that's gonna make you jump that is is a paycheck, because I guarantee you, and. Even Jim Harbaugh would know if he goes from Michigan to the NFL and makes a jump, listen, dude, you're not going to have the same success. You're going to have a fatter wallet, but you're not going to have... See, I think Harbaugh could coach in the NFL again. I think that's the next logical step. For If Pete Carroll leaves, I could see Harbaugh going and jumping to the Seahawks. Could you not? I could see him doing could it, see but him is go he going to have the to same see him, success? To see, him, to see him go up there and rekindle Russell Wilson's career? I could see. I'm not saying it. Would, I'm not saying it's a slam dunk, but it, when you think about it logically, it kind of makes sense because there's nowhere for him to go in college that's better than Michigan right now. No, not for him. Like even Notre Dame is a lateral move. USC is a lateral move because those teams are on that same top echelon of eliteness. The only way he's going to be better is going to Bama. And no one, you're not getting Nick Saban. And out of you're Bama. not getting. Yeah, and, and, and actually, you're not getting honestly, that job. I wouldn't want to be the first guy to go to Bama after Saban. Really? No, I don't want to be the guy following the guy. I want to be the guy following that guy, but not the guy following the guy. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you fuck, fuck up first, bro. Yeah, you go and fucking <laughs> run this program into the ground for four years, and I'll come and clean it up. How's that? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sounds yeah, good. Sweet. Yeah. I'll be the next best thing since Saban. And then, uh, so yeah, it's just, it just, you kind of have to look at it. It's, it's just an interesting thing to think about. You know, when you see these colleges and the amount of money that is getting thrown around. And I'm like, you know, part of me is like, fuck, like, this dude just got $110 million to coach a football, a college football team, not even a pro football team, a college football team. And then you're like, and then you think about how much the kids, like, the kids are getting put out, and they're like, you know, they're not getting, they can't even fucking, God forbid, they get a tattoo. It's like, wow, what a scumbag fucking organization. And you're like, and you want to be mad at guys like Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly? But you kind of can't like hundred ten million dollars in a private jet. I mean, that enough that that's enough for me right there. That's not even, and that's just what we know about. That's not including the whole slew of shit that he's getting outside of that or above and beyond all that. Like that's just it's right. it's fucking crazy. But I'm looking forward to USC being back on the map. I feel like college football is a better place when USC, Notre Dame, Miami, Texas, the big programs, the traditional programs are good. You know, it's it's fun. It's been fun watching the SEC dominate for the last decade and a half. Right. It's kind of, you know, Clemson almost kind of tried to break that trend. Ohio State tried breaking that trend. But 
at the end of the day, dude, Georgia or Alabama is going to win the national title again this year, and it's just all for naught. I mean, as much as I'd love to see Oki or Oki Light sneak in or even Notre Dame, you know, it's not. It's just not there. Yeah, it's just not going to be there. Just you know, just it. and I don't even like Notre Dame. I loathe Notre Dame, but just as a disruptor, you know, right. just as a combo breaker. Because George is just on fucking fire. I mean, this is yeah. going to be crazy. They're going to. Any Cincinnati fans out there? Um, oh, Cincy would be fucking awesome. You know, if Cincy could I somehow be, manage to pull fun. off an upset, have fun while you're here. Oh, enjoy it. It's not going to last. It's just. This is probably I mean, your one year. Yep, this is it. I this think, is your. Which is fun. It is fun. Right. It is. This I, is. This is like when Boise State was. You know, <laughs> getting up there. They were like ah, a couple times and fucking, fucking Utah. <laughs> I mean, it's like when Oregon <laughs> got to the uh, you know the national championship when they had uh, Ohio. Uh, Clay Matthews' little brother, and you know and he knocked the Auburn. ball. That was against Auburn. Uh, against Auburn, yeah. when he knocked the ball out of Cam Newton's hands, that was yeah. pretty rad. And you know, we're like, oh shit, here we go. And then you know, yeah. we we haven't really heard from Oregon since. What do you mean? We've been yeah. Then they went into Ohio. Then they made it again against Ohio and lost. Yeah, but I mean. We really haven't heard from We him. float, dude. We float, dude. We're not like, we're not your fucking shoe-in fucking team, dude. No, they're a very up-and-down program. We beat ass all year, and then we lose to either Arizona or Stanford, and it completely fucks our chances for any kind of BCS championship. And look at Utah this year. We were ranked number three. We go into Ohio State. We beat their ass, and then we kind of float. You know, we win, like, you know, divisional. You know, we beat the pack. you know, number one Pac-12. But then all of a sudden we lose to fucking 23 or 24 ranked Utah, and that bumps us all the way back to 11. Yeah, now we're that'll fucked. do it. And we're fucked. I mean, at least it was Utah this year and not Stanford. At least that saved you from that embarrassment. Nah, because I feel, like every time, I feel like every time Oregon's good, it's just like, here comes Stanford. Stanford, exactly. With their fucking pine tree as a logo. And, and like, their <laughs> shitty ass, yeah, their shitty ass, like, two and fucking seven record or whatever the hell they are. Then they beat our ass, and I'm like, oh, my God, dude. Yeah, right. And we you're just like, can't get like, it how done. How the fuck did we get beat by a team with an air freshener for a logo like yeah. a mascot? Like, what the <laughs> fuck is know, this dude. shit? It's crazy. But, no, nah, I think college football is going to be fun next year. I really do. I like these moving pieces. I'm dying to see what Miami does uh, here in the next couple of days with Manny Diaz. I don't think he's going to be back. They've got a new AD in Miami. I am just praying to God for the rebirth of the U. The, the, college football needs the U back. We need the Catholics versus the convicts. It has to happen. It has to happen. But that's that. Uh, quick little touch on the NBA, and then we'll GTFO, and we'll uh, we'll be off next week again. We'll be we will not be here. We'll be in Miami in the three hundred five. Oh! Chuck them up. Uh, we'll be on vacation next week, so we'll have a week off, and then we'll be, be back. Dope. Can't wait. I'm looking forward to Miami so much. Again, I, I just I. I'm going to be pissed off Sunday night because the Broncos are going to lose. And I'm not going to be pissed off because the Broncos lose. I'm going to be pissed off because they're giving me this false hope. You know, they go and they route the Cowboys, and it's like, all right, season back on. And then they come back home, and they get routed by Philly, and you're like, what the fuck? They beat the Chargers. And then, yeah, and then they beat the Chargers, and not only beat the Chargers, dominate the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But we own the Chargers. It's kind of pathetic. Patrick Sertan with that two picks, one for six. Oh, oh. oh. It was great. It was beautiful. Oh. It was beautiful. Oh, God, it is going to be great. And the and Browning, the linebacker, and, and, man, I'm telling you right now, dude, this defensive unit is set up to be stizzacked for a grip. I wouldn't even be upset if they kept Vic Fangio next year if we got a quarterback. I wouldn't be upset if they kept Vic, only because I think the continuity on the defense would be fantastic. 
under him. But he's got to get fucking better at, A, clock management, B, challenges, and C, getting some fucking consistent play out of these guys. <laughs> Gotta get Which, again, I know, I, know, I know that a lot of that comes down to, you know, the quarterback and, and when whatever, and that's all fine and well. But, you know, if we get the quarterback, if we get Aaron Rodgers to keep Vic Fangio and we go, you know, 13-3 and win a Super Bowl, Vic Fangio, congratulations. I will be you did it, super you stoked. You son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I didn't believe you fucking did it. You crazy son of a bitch. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, but quickly on the NBA, uh, we saw it last week where uh, my guy, LeBron James, went full-blown snitch Karen and had two fans kicked out of their courtside seats for allegedly saying some shit to him about hoping his, his son, that Bronny, dies in a car accident or something. Yeah, which, that's what I heard. Uh, has been corroborated by nobody. Nobody that was at that game has come out and said that that's, they heard them say that. Um, right. Oh, there was actually, there was one guy on Twitter that was making the rounds um, that said that he heard it. Uh, turned out it was a burner account and it was fake. So, yeah. you can't, so, again. So, nobody, what did they say? Uh, uh, that's we don't know. We don't know what they said because nobody's saying what they said. They're claiming people. Turtle are, boy will come out. With uh, LeBron is claiming. Bastards. LeBron hasn't said anything. One person was claiming that they said that they hoped LeBron's son died in a car accident, which has been uh, confirmed by no one. And LeBron just went ape shit and was just like them, that, eh, like out. Like when did we become so soft as a society that professional athletes are now getting hecklers tossed out? The day that LeBron got ninety million dollars from Nike and joined on the his eighteenth birthday. Yeah, yeah, that was the day. That was a death. The day the NBA died. Oh, I mean, that like, fucking super song let's is. just say hypothetically, like, oh, I hope your kid dies in a in a in a car accident. Like, okay. Pretty classless to bring up like an athlete's kid. Kind of like I. If that was the let's case, just say let's, I let's sort say, of get it. Let's say well, let's say hypothetically that's true. Let's say that's true. That's what was said, bro. You're a professional athlete. People are gonna say fucking raucous shit to you all day. You turn around, tell them suck my dick and from like, the back, yep. and they're like, oh, uh, okay. I mean, if that was in fact said, like, would I say that? No, because I'm not going after somebody's like children. That's just. It's that's just, what I mean. Like, it's just low brow redneck hick shit. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, bruh, like you can't you, you you're LeBron James. You've gotta be above that kind of shit. At the very worst, you find like during a timeout, you find a security guard and you just kinda like casually point him out and say, like, look, those two gotta go, bro. This is what they said to me. I want them out of here. And just but keep it low key. You don't walk over to him in the middle of the game, like pointing your finger like, damn. Damn, they're the ones that said mean things to me. Like, he's just such a bad fucking look, dude. And I'm, the only thing I'm surprised about is that, that Red Sox ownership hasn't come out and apologized on, on, on behalf uh, to LeBron. Um, and, you know, because, you know, Red Sox ownership would be like, well, yes, fans are very racist, especially our own. I know these aren't, <laughs> I know these aren't Red Sox fans, but they are, you know, Boston fans are very, very racist people. Um, we are very sorry, Mr. James. Especially but the white ones. It's, yeah. yeah. It's just it's just a very bad look. It's a bad look for LeBron, dude. Like seriously, I love you. I try I've defended you your whole career. I'm I'm trying, dog. You you just stop making it so fucking hard on us. Like the it's it's almost like when you're like when you're defending Trump, right? And like, you know, Trump goes out and says something stupid and you're like, <sighs> like okay, you didn't need to say that. 
Like, there was no reason for you to go and, like, shit on Colin Powell's grave, right? Like, <laughs> like the guy's not even cold in the ground yet, and you're like, fuck him! And you're like, okay, yes, I get it. I, I agree. Everything you're saying is right, and it's spot on. But, like, that's what we would consider an unforced error. Because now I have to go, and, and, and people look at me like, oh, that's your boy. And it's like, Yes, but I don't agree with everything he says or does. Like, but that's the right. beauty of it. But people don't understand that they can't differentiate between that. They right. they they often conflate it. Oh, um, <laughs> fucking hate people that use that word. Fuck you conflated. if you do. Conflations? You're conflating things. Go fuck yourself, fucking loser. We all fucking went to tenth grade. We all know what fucking blue book word wealth tests are. You asshole. Fucking douche. So anyway, uh, but like that's like an unforced error on LeBron's part. Like you just didn't need to do that. Like or at least be like. Be casual about it. Right. Like, and, and maybe LeBron has but become. He's not, but though. he's because. I think it's because he's become so big and so arrogant. He's lost that self awareness. He's force fed, like. This, yeah, he has no self awareness anymore. But he's, he's, he's been force fed this, so, like, this false sense of, like, importance. Like, dude, you fucking play basketball. Like, relax, dude. Like, you're not the fucking Dalai Lama. You're not, like, fucking, you know, a god amongst men. Like, oh, the king. What, because your fucking douchebag boy fucking crowns you on a fucking court? No one gives a fuck. Like, you're not, like, somebody to speak out about, you know, about, like... Listen, dude, you're not Martin Luther King. That's what I'm saying, You're dude. not Malcolm fucking X. relax, bro. Like, you're not you're Shit, not you ain't anybody. even Kobe. Right, right, right. Shit. Fuck you ain't here. even fucking Kobe, bro. You ain't like even fucking Kobe, bro. You'll never be Kobe ever. He'll never be Kobe. Just want to let that be known. And don't get me wrong. Like I, I've defended LeBron a lot throughout his career, and I've had to defend a lot of shit that he's done and said. And this is just the latest in a long line of things. And honestly, like I'm not even gonna defend him. He doesn't need me to defend him. And quite frankly, I don't need to justify like the fact that. Oh, listen, LeBron wears purple and gold. Until LeBron takes off the purple and gold, I'm going to root for him. I'm going to support him because I want the Lakers to win another championship. Just like I wanted the Lakers to win championships when Magic was there. Just like I wanted them to win when Kobe was there. Now I want them to win when LeBron is there. I, yeah, it doesn't well, matter who's there. I want the Lakers to win. I'm rooting for the, Lake, the, the logo on the front of the jersey, not the name on the back. Right. It's the Lakers, so we're always going to have stacked talent. It's just what we do. Yeah, you know, everybody wants to play for either two teams. You know, we, we, Boston or... Well, well nobody wants not, to play for Boston anymore. Not so but, much anymore, but Lakers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Boston fell out of... They became, like, so untrendy, I feel. Yeah. Like, after Ray Allen left there, like, in a huff, I feel like that shit just went tits up for Boston. And, and Danny Ainge didn't help because Danny and his assets. <laughs> oh, those fucking working out for you, you fucking losers. God damn it, I love it. Fucking love it, dude. I love seeing the Celtics suck. Even, like, now that Ainge is gone... It's like, okay, that chapter is over, and I can sit here and say, a tut of so. I don't like to always say a tut of so, but a fucking a tut of so. And I was so goddamn spot on with Danny Ainge and that whole roster build, and it just, hold on. Good job, buddy. Thanks, bro. I just, it, it never gets old patting myself on the back for that one because all these Boston fans have sat here and told me, Tatum's the truth, and we fleeced the Nets, and look at all these picks we got. I don't think assets. it really gets old for you patting yourself on the back when it comes to anything. Well, that could also be true. <laughs> but when you're this right all the time, it's fucking hard not to. I mean, I'm gonna give, my, I'm gonna yeah. need, I'm gonna need shoulder surgery from my torn rotator cuff from fucking patting myself on the back all day. I don't know. 
And all the yeah, high, I'm over the Celtics. And all the too. high fives I give myself for being right. I don't right. even want to be considered a fucking. Even if the Celtics make it to the playoffs in the next like two, three years, say somehow, I'm still gonna be like, yeah, I don't fucking care. I just don't want to be associated with basketball. I think it's the lamest fucking sport out there right now. It's like, well, you know, I, I was talking to a buddy of ours the other day at work, and and uh, he is a big Celtics fan, huge Celtics fan, probably the biggest Celtics fan in that uh, that that I know at work. And I called him a couple of times, and he never and he never uh, never once said anything to me about the the Celtics dropping the Lakers uh, what two Fridays ago or whatever it was in in the Garden. And I'm like, man, I'm like, I just called you like three times. You're not going to once talk shit to me that the Celtics beat the Lakers? And he's like, honestly, dude, he's like, I-, I didn't even watch the game. And I'm like, I mean, I was here. I was at work, so I didn't get to watch it either. But I was like, but he's like, honestly, he's like, I just don't care anymore. He's like, this isn't basketball. Basketball's dead to me. And I was like, well, I was like, yeah, because my standard answer for any time the Lakers lose a game, you know, before basically March 1st, I'm like, oh, oh checks calendar. It's not April yet. Don't fucking care. Right. Like, seriously, the, the, the regular season becomes such a formality in the NBA. You got guys, you know, no back-to-backs, and this guy's sitting, and that guy's not playing. And Steph Curry and the Warriors are fucking 17-2. and two and Right. Whatever. Oh, yeah, the, great. Oh, cool. The Warriors are the best team. They haven't really. scored cool. under 100 points can't wait to watch. Can't wait to watch Steph Curry and the Warriors blow a 3-1 lead in the, you know, in the, in the, uh, in the conference finals. Like, Even if neat. they fucking walk the fucking Bucks or something in the fucking – who gives – who gives a fuck? That's the thing. Even the most diehard basketball fans are falling off the wagon. Because the players themselves basically have talked themselves out of popularity and out of a job. Well, not out of a job, but like. I mean, the ratings are way down. Right. In the last 10 years, their ratings are in the tank. I mean, uh, the, 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 the only reason so garbage. The only reason they're surviving right now is off all that sweet China money. Which is why, <laughs> which brings me to my last point. Um, I, I only own one Celtics jersey. It's a Havlicek jersey. And I'm very inclined to buy a second one. And I'm very inclined to buy an Enos Cantor jersey. Because that man deserves all the credit in the world for what he is doing. You want to talk about a civil rights activist, a guy who is standing up for what is right and what he believes in? Right. Go talk to Enos Cantor. Go talk to Enos, Enos Cantor Freedom. Now, because uh, he legally changed his last name once he became an American citizen yesterday. Freedom. He's speaking out against China. He's called out LeBron. He's called out the NBA uh, because they just they bend the knee for China and President Xi. And Celtics games are banned in China, so you can't watch a Celtics game. He's put it on his shoes. You know, free the Uyghurs, and you know he's obviously he's gone in and on and on and on. If you don't know about the Uyghur Muslims. And China and the genocide that's being committed over there and everything else. Go, you know, hit a quick Google searcher. Uh, you might actually have to, you might have to bing that one. I don't know if Google will, uh, <laughs> will, will, yeah. will throw that one to the top, but yeah. you can read up on it. There's genocide being committed. The Uyghur Muslims are being enslaved uh, in order to make Nike products and and do all this stuff and pay LeBron James's salary and Phil Knight and you know, listen. I'm not going to stop wearing Nike. I, I said that a long time ago when the whole Kaepernick. It's shit. almost almost impossible. I just I just bought another pair of Nike golf shoes yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not stopping wearing Nike. I know that they were manufactured by some Uyghur slave in China who's probably going to be killed in, in the next couple of days because he didn't make them fast enough. But that's not my problem. I mean, it is, but it isn't. But it isn't. 
Enos Cantor is in a position to do something. Me, I'm just lowly little Joey Fats. I got a little podcast over here in Massachusetts, and I just talk my shit. And we get a couple of thousand people to watch us every week, and that's great. And we love that. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in and sharing and liking and following the page. I've got big things planned coming up for the new year, so we'll, we'll, the merchandise will be back rolling out. The website will be back rolling out. Uh, we'll have some fun stuff. We're going to be sponsoring some golf tournaments in the spring. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be a good time. But, Joe Merch. But Enos Cantor is a professional athlete on a major stage. And the only reason why I think Enos Cantor is going at LeBron James as hard as he is is because LeBron James went at Daryl Morey, the owner or the GM of the, the, uh, the, Astro, uh, the Astros, the Rockets, or no, it's the owner, the owner of the Rockets, and and basically told him, like, oh, you're not educated on the situation, so you need to shut up about China when he said, like, free Tibet or something like that. Oh, really, LeBron? And, hey, how's the first page of that book going? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, LeBron, the fake, the fucking guy who's never read past the first two pages of a book. Yeah. You know, every time there's a picture of LeBron reading a book, it's always on the first page. Look yeah. it up, it's a real thing. Um, but Enos Cantor is standing up to this guy. He punked off LeBron in Boston, didn't shake his hand, Blew past him in the tunnel, had nothing to say to him, was like, fuck you. And he's all about his cause, and I love that for Enos Cantor. So, bravo, Enos Cantor. Keep up the good work. You're my new favorite player in the NBA. And uh, I'm sorry, okay. <laughs> I, hope you, uh, I hope you keep your cause going. But, uh, fuck yeah, bro. Do we want to wrap it there? We have, do we miss anything, Paul? I don't think so. I think we pretty much wrapped up on everything that there could be as far as anything that goes this week. I mean... We got a big week coming up. Big week coming up. Monday night's going to be fun. Sunday night's going to be fun. We'll be in Miami. We'll be in the 305. Maybe we'll do a little live, uh, a little row one seat one live spot from Miami. Yeah, I'll put my dick out and run down Ocean Drive. (laughs) (laughs) George R. R. Martin from South Park. Speaking of South Park, if you haven't seen the post-COVID special on Paramount Plus, it is worth the subscription. And right now, if you're not a Paramount Plus customer, if you subscribe, there's a 30-day free trial. If you subscribe right now... You'll get not only this South Park special, but it will carry you through to the next one, which comes out in December. I just got it. Because it's a two-parter. Spoiler alert, it's a two-parter. It's dope. Fucking hilarious, dude. As always. Some of their best work so far, though. I think so. I couldn't... I was sitting there, and I'm like... The whole entire time I'm watching this, I'm going, fuck off. This is only like 45 minutes. I'm like, I know it's going to end soon. And like every time... I'm like, I'm sitting there going through the episode, and I'm like... I hope it's a little bit longer than I think it is. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, this is so fucking funny, and I love where they're going with it. I just can't wait to see what the next one is. To be honest, like it's gonna be the hilarious. next one's gonna be fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I'm so looking forward to it. It's Fuck gonna yeah. be great. Um, Fuck yeah! It was this one had me pissing my pants. Yeah. I, I mean, it's been out for a week, so we can say a little bit about it. And I only say this won't spoil anything, but Cartman is a rabbi. <laughs> just. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, who's your Hezbollah? Yeah. Oh, whatever. <laughs> whatever he says when he's banging his wife. Who's my little Hezbollah? Who's, who's my little Meshuggah? <laughs> if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's fucking hilarious. But uh, we will be back two weeks from tonight. We got next Tuesday off. Uh, so that's yes. what? December 7th, Pearl Harbor Day. We will be off. Uh, so don't forget that. Pearl Harbor oh. Day. That'll also be, what, 15? No, uh, 18 years. Or... 18, 19 years since uh, Clinton Port- 18 years since Clinton Portis went off for five touchdowns against the Chiefs. Always a fun, always a fun throwback day for me. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a great day, Clinton Portis, man. What a fucking terrific running back he was. Yeah, back to, you know, like when Durant called in, he was talking about how like bell cow backs and this and that. Like, I think you're actually going to start to see the NFL shift back to that. Chad Pro sweeps. 
Oh, you mean the kid bro sweets? Kid bro sweets. Oh, You're talking about Chad bro chill. That was a different oh, thing. Oh yeah, kid that bro, was the bro. Kid that bro was sweeps. Yeah, it was, it was the kid, kid bro sweets. It was cha- yeah, okay, yeah. It's the kid bro sweets, and he opens up the. He's got all the candy. Yeah. In his jacket, and then it was kid uh, Reverend Reverend Go- Reverend don't change. Oh no, Coach Coach Hanky Spanky, <laughs> Reverend don't change. Um, he had all those characters. Some every week. Yeah. yeah, he had all those characters when he was in Washington that year. It was fucking yeah. awesome, the 2005 season. Clint Boris was the goddamn man. But uh, all right, Paul, let's crack it up there. We'll uh, we'll see you all in two weeks. Enjoy your uh, weekend this weekend, Patriots fans. Woosah. <laughs> Woosah, woosah. This is a bump in the road. Enjoy. Yeah, enjoy. You'll be, uh, you will be okay. You will not die. The season will go on. Remember. Eye on the prize, December 26th. That's the big one. If you win this one, great. But December 26th is going to be the one that ultimately matters. So, And I'll be there. Worst case scenario, the Broncos win on Sunday, and then I have to go full-blown all-in on the rest of the season in Teddy Two Gloves, and that's just going to really chat my ass. Oh, by the way, I'm willing to concede the fact that uh, Drew Locke will never see the field as a Denver Bronco as a starter. He's now had two opportunities this year in Teddy Bridgewater's absence, and he has absolutely blown both of them. Yep, and he's fucked. He's I, fucked. Drew, I love you. I, I, I will always remember what could have been. The horsecock lock phase was one of my favorite favorite eras uh, in Denver, post-Peyton Manning Denver history. Yeah. Post-Peyton Manning. Post. I was going to say, even that like phase never really got going, though. No, it didn't. It just it was. It's, it's always going to be the phase of like what could have been. What you hope for. What I was always hoping for. I always wanted Drew Locke to be good because he's got great arm talent and he's a lot of fun to watch. And when when he's playing well, he can be as good as anybody. It's just he's he's a turnover machine, dude. Yeah. All he had to do the other day was not throw an interception before the half and give the Chargers any life. And what does he do? He throws an interception, in like a really shitty one. Like what were we even doing, dog? Speaking of people that I can't defend anymore, it's just Drew Locke. I'm sorry. That is ship I, sailed, dog. The ship has sailed. I am officially putting the final nail in my Drew Locke love fest coffin. You will always be in my heart, horsecock Locke. What, yeah, boy. What what could have been was never. Is never going to be, and it will never be. Yep. So you can get this on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get all your wherever you get your podcasts uh, within an hour after the show. And uh, make sure you give us a like, follow, and a share. We appreciate it, guys. And until uh, next two weeks, we will uh, see you later. For Joey Fats, Plizzy, this has been Row One, Seat One. Thank y'all. Peace. Peace.